Across the UK, online and on DAV. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. And that is how a story begins. Um, listen, if you have, if you are watching the staircase, if you have not seen the staircase, uh, but plan to watch it, if you uh, plan or have started to listen to the uh, BBC Five Live uh, podcast, Beyond Reasonable Doubt, and you don't want spoilers, switch off for the next thirty minutes or so because. Um, we are talking the staircase and we are going to assume that all of you have seen it and are up to date on it. OK, because we're going to talk about everything. So if you if you're halfway through it, if you don't want to know what happens, um, then switch off now because we're going to talk about it. I saw that. Well, this was recommended to me ages ago, I think before it went on Netflix, the staircase documentary about um uh, a trial, murder trial, Michael Peterson, um, accused of murdering his wife, wife Kathleen. Um, and I was recommended it ages ago, and then it kind of appeared on Netflix, and I started watching it just before I went to New York the other week. And I got hooked, and uh, so I downloaded all of it onto my phone, which is lucky because Norwegian Airlines don't have any movies on their flights, guys. It's 2018. And so I watched it uh, uh, all the way out, and I finished it on the way back. And uh, Kath has kind of binge-watched it today. Um, it's a great series. I'd say it's three or four episodes too long. I, I think some of that court stuff goes on a little bit too long. But it's an amazing, an amazing story, okay? Incredible story. And so I tweeted, oh, I've enjoyed this. And loads of you, as you do, said, oh, Ian. You've got to listen to Beyond Reasonable Doubt, the uh, five live podcast series with Chris Warburton, and um, and it looks into it. And I, I looked at it, and it's like, I don't know how many episodes it is, and I thought, I don't think I can... I can sit through that entire. It's a it's a it's a tough story to sit through twice, Catherine. It's, it's well, a big and, old story. Yeah, and and they are long. It feels like long, detailed episodes. Yeah, it's quite the TV hard. Is, yeah. Having binged it in one and a half days. The TV series I, definitely. I I, I feel uh, I feel exhausted. Um. So I, I thought I can't listen to the whole podcast, but the, but so I listened to the last couple of episodes. One of which they have a recent interview with Michael Peterson. And then I listened to the last episode, which I think was recorded at the event we did last year, the London Podcast Festival, oh, right. uh, where it's kind of like a recap. And I believe they are they are in the process of making at least another two episodes. So I listened to those. And I must admit, I have gone back and I've started. I'm only on episode one, I think. Yeah, episode one. I'm, I'm going to go through it again because the Staircase series, I think, is very biased in favour of Michael Peterson and the BBC 
despite the fact, you know, that, that, that we all know it's fake news and it's controlled by the Zionist paymasters. Um, no, I'm joking, of course. Um, it, it, the BBC podcast doesn't quite... You know, anyway, enough talking for me. Let's, let's get, and I'm going to use the word expert, and he's going to dispel that immediately. Uh, from uh, BBC Five Live, it's Chris Warburton. Good evening, Chris. How are you? I'm, I'm How very, are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? You're right. I'm all right. Yes, I'm very, very well. And it's weird for me as well, because we made this podcast about six months ago. We finished doing it. And I thought, right, that's it. That's put to bed now. And then all of a sudden I started hearing that it was going to be on Netflix, the original documentary of The Staircase. And I thought, oh, hello, this this story is never going to end. And it's good for us because obviously loads of people are now starting to listen to Beyond Reasonable Doubt. And, you know, I have heard that phone call that you started all of this with one or two times oh, i suspect um, you have yes yeah yeah uh does it sound genuine to you his um, voice l- listen i'm i'm going to ask you that you're not on the bbc tonight chris you're on commercial so i i, I, I want to know what you think but but here we think he's guilty as hell <laughs> uh yeah well um I haven't, we haven't really said right and i know i'm i'm, I'm so bbc it just runs through my veins yeah we, we deliberately haven't said oh, what course. we thought. And we have had so many people ask us over the past year or so. And, um, and I get why. But the part of the reason, I think, for why that was the case for us is because it would have just made life quite difficult when yeah. we were dealing with him, when we were dealing with his defence attorney, and then obviously dealing with people of the other persuasion as well. Um, you know, if we thought he was completely yeah. innocent and then we're going off and speaking to Kathleen's sister, then it, it makes life hard, right? Yeah. L- listen, for those who don't know the story, can you just give us a brief background to the death, see, I'm doing it, the death of yeah. Kathleen yeah. Peterson? That's easily done. Um, well, on the face of it, it's a, it's a very simple story. And, and that's kind of the attraction, I think. So you've got a, a wealthy couple, a wealthy woman who live in a wealthy part of this uh, liberal enclave, if you like, in North Carolina, this city mm. of Durham. And uh, she is one night found at the bottom of the staircase of this huge mansion. It's pretty much the biggest house in town. And she's dead. There's blood everywhere. And the question is, was her death an accident? Had she simply fallen down the stairs? It's a very tight, narrow staircase. I've walked on that staircase myself. Or had she been killed? Had she been murdered? And specifically, the question is, had she been murdered by her husband, Michael? And the way Michael tells it, just to give both sides of it, he and Kathleen, they were hanging out by the pool. They were drinking wine, as they often did. They were living the high life. And they were celebrating a possible movie deal for one of his novels. And the argument from Michael is that she had had one too many drinks. She went back into the house and uh, she tripped on her way up one of the staircases. They had two staircases in that house, Mm. fell, hit her head and uh, bled out. It's probably the best way of putting it. But the other side say the law enforcement, the prosecutors believe that Michael beat Kathleen to death at the foot of the stairs. Uh, They she he bludgeoned her with an instrument, um, you know, the blow poke uh, that we hear so much about. And then you get into why that might have been. And I don't know if you want me to get into all of that well, now, because... Well, you know, let, that... let's, let's just describe... We will do. Yeah, let's just... I mean, the, the, the thing is, just to paint the, the, the picture, there is an amazing amount 
of blood there. There is, and, and the blood spatters are an integral part of the story because they both are. sides say, well, it could it could mean it was a bludgeoning, it could mean it was a lip. There is an amazing amount of blood. She has, is it six or seven lacerations to the skull? The skull isn't damaged, the brain isn't impacted, but there are huge lacer- lacerations. And so a lot of people are left scratching their chins going... It, it, it looks like a very bloody mess for a fall. And considering yes. she's supposed to have only fallen down three steps. Yep. Well, yeah, but the idea is because she was drunk, because she lost her bearings, she's fallen down the steps, she's started to bleed, but then she's pulled herself back up again in this very tight, narrow area. She's slipped on her own blood. She's fallen again. She's got more lacerations on her head as a result of that. That is the argument right now, if you want to believe it. But you're right. The difficulty that most people who come to this story have is the amount of blood. You know, there's blood all over the floor. There's blood all over the walls. There's blood on the ceilings. There's blood on the insides of inside of Michael Peterson's shorts. And I've spoken to one of the jurors. Right. All of the other stuff that came the way of the jury during the trial, some of which, as you know, and part of the attraction of this story, because it's so extraordinary. Mm. She said she said none of that mattered diddly squat right it was the amount of blood when the jury were taken to that house um on a you know specific visit to go and see it it was that level of blood which convinced her and that she just said i didn't need anything else now one of one of the things that um i i i I spotted from the series really early on and i did uh, the staircase series not your podcast and i didn't read about it but i spotted really early on i thought this is totally weighted in favor of michael peterson The, the 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 you know, first of all, it's very odd that that early on into a murder investigation, there's a film crew hanging around, and it turns out they're a French film crew. But also, from episode one, I'm thinking, nah, this is this is very heavily biased. And some of the titles of the episodes, yeah. Prosecution Trickery, The Prosecution's Revenge. I mean, the prosecution yeah, yeah. are definitely the enemy, aren't and, they? And, and you're, you're saying, Chris, that they're... Well, I, I know from what I've heard from the few episodes of the po- your podcast, Beyond Reasonable Doubt, is quite a lot of stuff was left out of the staircase well yeah and and look let me say i think as a piece of filmmaking it's it's a superb piece of work in terms of the way it's laid out to you some beautiful filming they're fantastic filmmakers the access is amazing it's gripping the music score is sensational it really hooks you in but the point is you're right loads of people have said this to us but i guess if your if your mo is i'm going to spend all of our time with the family with the accused then surely coming down on his side is in a sense going to be inevitable and we saw that for ourselves you know when we went over to durham a couple of times we saw michael peterson just completely coincidentally once having lunch outside of delhi and he was with the french film crew they're happy as larry having a few glasses of wine together and all the rest of it but it's what's left out and what is left out go on are interviews I think, with those people who believe that Michael Peterson killed Kathleen Peterson. So, Candice Samperini, as an example. That's, right, Kathleen's, that's Kathleen's that's sister. Kathleen's sister. Kathleen's sister who has, above anybody else, you know, dealt with the emotion of the loss of her sister um, over the years. And it's been 
absolutely horrendous for her. And we see her right at the end of the staircase when she gave her, gave her oh. victim impact statement in Chris, court. Chris, stay there. Listen, I've been learning. Yeah, the the podcast on. is so slick. Stay there. We've got a bit of that. So this is right at the very, okay. very last episode. Spoiler alert, guys. When um, uh, um, uh, Michael pleads guilty under a kind of weird little legal loophole, which we'll get to. It is. And Candice yeah. is allowed to stand up and make a witness statement. This is the beginning. It's an incredible bit of television. This is the first sort of minute, 30 seconds. Good morning. I'm Candace Zamperini, Kathleen's other sister. Two months after Kathleen's death, my husband, Laura, and I drove in February 2002 for the first time to meet with District Attorney Jim Harden. I didn't want to believe she'd been murdered. I was sure this was an accident. At the end of the meeting, Jim Harden asked if I wanted to see the autopsy pictures and some crime scene photos. He handed me a large envelope. It was my Pandora's box. All the evils of my sister's death leaped into my eyes. The horrors of my sister's beating were shown. The assaulting of her body. Instead of leaving me with Pandora's hope, what was left in the envelope for me was to bear the responsibility to witness and fight for justice. Learning the truth and agony of Kathleen's prolonged death, her autopsy states over 35 cuts, bruises, wounds, contusions all around her body, she was strangled, and the seven death blows to the back of her head, causing her to bleed slowly to death. The next confrontation came from a French film company that wanted to make a pseudo-documentary about my sister's murder without my family's cooperation or consent. Michael Peterson would have a movie made that he could pontificate. He could tell everyone, all of you, how incompetent the Durham police and justice system was. He could proclaim this film again as complete innocence. The Syracuse film was made, and twice episodes were used to threaten and scare Catherine's daughter and myself. Michael Peterson states in the film, if not for Candace and Caitlin, I would not be here in a courtroom. And in episode eight, filmed in the courtroom, Michael Peterson again clearly says, Candace just can't keep her mouth shut. I don't think I'd be here if she shut her mouth. And, and it, it goes, it, it's, an, it's an amazingly brave amazing. speech that she gives. Um, uh, 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 sorry, just go back to the point you're going to say in a second, but she mentions there that, that um, Catherine was strangled, and that doesn't get mentioned. That doesn't get mentioned. That doesn't get mentioned a huge amount in court, though, to be fair. Right, okay. You know, that, 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 that is one of those tricky areas. I mean, I think it, it came as a part of the autopsy, but wasn't used extensively in court, okay. as far as I remember, but I don't exactly remember why. I mean, the point is, you hear there, right? I was in court and I saw that. Wow. And the, the power that she was taking from that situation where she was stood literally meters away from the man who she believed had killed her sister. And this was the opportunity to look him in the eye and say what you just heard there. It was such a powerful moment. I went outside and I was part of the scrum that interviewed her directly afterwards. She has had, as you rightly said, Ian, 
uh, when we were emailing each other, sorting this out, you said, "I can't believe the grief that she's had on social media." Oh, you Google her, uh, you Google you've her seen name. Some of it. You Google her name, and it's all oh, this stupid bitch. What does she know? Yeah. She's cr- she's. I'm looking at our YouTube media. comments now. People watching the show now saying, "Oh, she was a bit crazy." Uh, excuse me. Yeah. She believed this man had murdered her sister, and no one was taking it seriously. That moment where she she's talking there, and you can hear it in the audio, but when you see it as well, she is shaking with rage, yeah. and she still manages to deliver that speech. I thought she was incredible. Quite. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. You know, she believed this man killed her sister. And all those people who are saying she's a bit crazy, put yourself into mm. that position. You know, even if she's right or wrong, it's what she believes, OK? And you, I'm sure, would probably do the same. Um, with the, there, are, there are other things that don't get there mentioned. There are other things. That don't there get mentioned in the documentary. The fact yeah. that, that Michael Peterson has a, 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 a very long relationship with one of the film crew. That to me, that's when you right. you told me that, and then I looked it up online, and it was it's it's out there. People know it. That seemed incredible. Well, we didn't know this absolutely for sure when we first went over there, but we we started hearing rumours about it. We were speaking to some of the other media, the local TV media who had just been following it in a kind of news way for years, and they said, "Oh, you know that Michael Peterson had a thing with one of the French film crew." We were like, okay, and then it was totally confirmed for us. So he found love with a woman called Sophie Brunet, who's the series editor. And as you see, they dated for a few years. And the director of The Staircase, he's confirmed it, Jean-Yves de l'Estrade. And he's just said, you know, it's one of those things, but there is an <laughs> absolute... I know, exactly. But, but there is no possible way that would have affected her editing of that program now you know you make your own judgment on that but it's the very fact i think that if that's the case and if that's what you believe right then wouldn't you as a filmmaker declare it just Mm. for your kind of journalistic integrity i wonder chris i wonder chris and i don't say this flippantly i wonder if that's a french thing if it's a french thing that you know that you know when you hear stories about the french being slightly more open about romantic endeavors whereas if of course if you're working for the bbc you'd be fired immediately i remember when (laughs) meter on was found to have been having a relation an extramarital relationship but uh, people didn't care until they started paying for the the mistress and the and the love child i I, I was going to say don't say that too loudly because my wife's in the house and uh, i work she's an assistant editor of five live so you know i think they probably worked it out by now but anyway there you well are. we know michael peterson <laughs> is very open-minded in these affairs uh, you you met peterson it was the, the first episode yeah. of your show i listened to and by the way we'll give full props to the team that make it because it's it's superbly put together it sounds great it's well done Buddha. yeah well it's wise Buddha and five live coming together it so sounds okay. great and um but you met him and um uh what was how did you find it because he was aware of you wasn't he well it was very odd because we had been working on this for quite some time and the whole sort of nature of the podcast and you know what podcasts can be like and this is kind of how we wanted it to be was as a listener you're you're following it as we're making it Mm. in a sense so the production process was completely open and as we were making it we were putting in bids to speak to michael peterson as we would call it you know opportunities to get an interview and they were generally through his defense attorney david rudolph and we were constantly just told no 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 thanks very much he's looking to the future and um, uh, you know and when we were, we thought well okay we'd kind of accept that 
But then we would see him pop up doing interviews elsewhere and we'd think, well, he's not really looking to the future, is he? So we'll put in another bid and we kept on being told no. And then we got talking to another journalist locally in Durham who told us where he lived. But then we had this kind of dilemma because if it was a if it was a news story, because I'm grounded in news, really. And if it was a news story, a developing news story or whatever, you would go and do a doorstep. Right. So you would you would stop them in the street and start asking them questions with a mic out we didn't really want to do that because i wouldn't really think there was the justification for that in this situation and he's he's in his early 70s yeah. and you know he's probably not on so we instead waited in the car park next to his apartment we went and knocked on the door he wasn't there i came outside to do a little stand-up piece just to explain what had happened to record for the podcast and then he turned up in his car so i didn't go along with a mic i just went over put my hand out to shake his hand told him who i was where i was from and he called me a melon farmer or something like that and uh we got into a bit of a heated argument wow. and that was quite interesting because we had been told as well by his defense lawyer uh in a previous interview that he'd never seen a flash of anger mm. they were the words yeah i definitely i definitely saw a flash of really? anger what was he arguing what was he arguing thing. about he thought that we had been unfair in his treatment of him right. in the early podcast episodes. But then it turned out that he'd only heard one episode anyway. Right. And I think he was basically getting this off other people who had heard it. Um, we then placated him a little bit and we arranged to come along the next day to interview him at his apartment. Neither of us, Mark, my producer and I, uh, thought that he was going to be there, but we turned up and he was. And... Um, you know, it was weird. I'd spent so many months of my life dedicated to this guy, and then all of a sudden, I'm sat opposite him. It's a great interview. And it's a great interview, partly because you sound a little bit nervous, and it's really refreshing to hear, um, you know, and I don't know if you were nervous, maybe I'm putting my own thing on it, but it's really refreshing to hear someone a little bit nervous, but, but also, you're asking him the tough questions and allowing him to speak. It's a cracking bit of audio. Cheers, man. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I did feel a bit nervous. I think I did because I knew that he is a bright, quite tricky character. Mm. And I knew that in respect of our listeners who had already got there, because it's quite deep into the podcast, as you say, they would want the questions that they have been posing to us put in the right way to him. You yeah. know, they wouldn't want they wouldn't want to think we were just giving him a soft ride and off we went, thanks very much indeed, at least we got the interview. So I felt the kind of pressure of that to a degree. Um did you hear the beginning of the interview where we basically asked him what he had thought of the podcast yeah. which um i <laughs> just you know it was just crazy because he had gone away that night he binged previous, it he binged it he binged the whole damn thing <laughs> i was thinking when were you up to man he was been listening to it till about three or four in the morning or something but um yeah and he was obviously deeply critical but but that's fine we we found that okay and um you know, it was quite a spiky, quite a tense affair, but it was it was it was very interesting. And the thing I I, I asked him why people think he's guilty, and there was a really long pause. That was the bit, and he said, "Well, the amount of blood, people are overwhelmed yeah. by that." And he talked about the autopsy pictures, the lacerations, lacerations to the head, and said how shocked he was by those terrible injuries. And, you know, he, he got to the very root of why a lot of people doubt him, ultimately. Go on, Catherine. I was going to say that but I, I can't imagine. 
I can't imagine what it must, must be like to be sort of studying a case and then being sitting face to face with someone who actually has always been in the driving seat. That's something that really came across to me mm. while I was watching uh, The Staircase is that this is a man who knew exactly what was going to happen and was right in the middle of orchestrating everything that was said in that courtroom. Yeah, I, you're absolutely right. And I mean, but the, but the point is on that as well, the orchestration thing. He and the film crew following him everywhere. He talks repeatedly about the media being against him, you know, it turning into a media circus, all that kind of thing. Yet he was there yeah. trying to orchestrate the events. He had a film crew following him around everywhere. So it kind of feels a little bit rich in that respect. Do you know, you know? How, how that came about, Chris? Because the film crew were there pretty pro- early on in the proceedings. How did that relationship start? Well, there was some suggestion that um, one of the film crew had known him in the past because he went to Duke University, but that was refuted. Um, I think it was a tip-off. They had been looking for another case because they had already been doing another case in America. And what I think they were initially trying to show was the contrast in the way that the legal system can help or of um you know difficulty to people based on their income levels in america so they've already done one story following a a story of a a poor person who had basically been accused of murder um and that had done very very well and it won an oscar and on the flip side they were trying to find the story of somebody with wealth who had found themselves in that situation i can't for the life of me remember exactly how they came across Mm. the pieces of the story but they were on the search for something like that if you see what i mean any other things any other big things that were were missed out of the the tv documentary the staircase um i think probably go on (laughs) you you wanted me to go down this line well if if that's the line you want to go down just just tread carefully as you know you know my recent history but yeah go on go down that line i do so there was a theory that we didn't know a huge amount about having watched the staircase i think there might be one mention of it i'm not even sure because i watched it so long ago i've watched the recent episodes um you know the three new episodes uh in the last couple of months but the original staircase i haven't gone back to for a long time but there is a theory that was the brainchild of the peterson's neighbor a lawyer called larry pollard and the theory is described as owl theory. Okay. Okay. Go carefully. Now, go carefully. Are you, are you going right. to be all right? I'm all right. Are you Chris, sure? Right. I think okay. I, I need to face okay. this. Okay. All right. So the theory is that an owl swooped down and struck Kathleen's head and that it cut her scalp with its talons. She then fled inside the house, but because she had been drinking, she fell down the stairs and blacked out. Michael then found her lying at the bottom of the stairs. So it's a similar story uh, to the original defence case, but it involves the intervention of an owl there at is, an early stage. There is evidence, because she was clutching feathers, wasn't she? And, it, there, was, there, was, and there were some feathers in her hair. There, there were There were some minute, minute, um, you know, elements of feather right. uh, yeah. in her hair. And I think one around her hand yeah 
So, you know, that feeds into it. And I'll tell you what, if you speak to Larry Pollard, the guy who's behind this, you have never seen a man more passionate about a theory in your life. They had been Um, seen on sun loungers, though, hadn't they? Quite quite padded ones. The thing is, I heard this, for those who don't know, I was attacked by an owl last week. And I heard this episode, uh, I read about this after... I'd, um, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd been attacked, mm. uh, obviously. And, um, and I tweeted about it. And now David Rudolph, get this, Chris, this proves what a genius this man is. He retweeted my owl attack that. story. And that. now I he follows that. me. He follows <laughs> me on Twitter, well, which is incredible. Because providing with some top evidence. Uh, but I loved it. The last episode of Chris's, po- the, the last episode so far, we'll talk about more coming out in a second, but it, it's, it's, it's done in front of an audience. And, you, you know, me and Kath have stood in front of an audience, Chris, and said, right, any questions? silence not a hand up mm-hmm. as soon as he mentioned our theory you could hear the hands going up be going yeah yeah no i just like to say and it got it was the bit that got everyone talking silence no, it, for the rest of it, it but that it's it is the absolute <laughs> bit that everybody wants to talk to me about the entire time everybody messaged me about it and we said look when we were talking about it we said can we, should we really dedicate an entire episode to this we did yeah and then we got so many questions that when we went back to durham we put a load of those questions to Larry Pollard, the guy who came up with it. But I've got to tell you this little bit. Yeah. He was very kind, very generous, lovely guy. Uh, his wife, Brenda, is tremendous as well. They invited us in, you know, proper kind of North Carolina people. And they put water, invited Mark and I into the house. Can I interest you, gentlemen, in some water? Yes, please. Thank you very much. They took us into a, a little living room. And there's Larry. And he's holding a stuffed owl well in his hand. Well and he turns he turns to Mark and I and just says, Gentlemen, meet the killer. What? Kathleen Peterson. <laughs> oh my god. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. I'm serious. I'm oh serious. man. Um David but, Rudolph, what what's what's he like? because I've yeah. got a, a real admiration for him throughout the entire show. He's doing his job, he's doing his gig. His gig is to keep this fella out of prison. And he he, he seems like a real um like an old fashioned entertainer. And despite the fact that they take great delight in taking the Mickey out of him. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. He uh he is massively polite very successful lawyer i think he's been in the top 50 lawyers in america for something like the last 20 years he's got great pedigree he's had a lot of very high profile cases and we described him quite a lot of the time as a showman right and that is the kind of lawyer he is he's very slick he's very kind of knowing with the jury he wants to try and get them on his side the whole time and the thing that made again there's so many different aspects of this case just add into the pot if you like he was facing in the opposite corner the da a guy called jim hardin who was ex-military a real local boy done good you know had that soft-spoken southern charm and they could not possibly have been more different and that just added to the whole thing as well the court drama of it all david rudolph you know he invited us uh to interview him when we first went and did it um i don't know as time went by did he take against a little bit i'm not sure i don't know Mm. but we've come again to do an interview with us for his latest two episodes we had to go through netflix for that it was all agreed we were meant to be interviewing him again about three days ago and then he pulled out of the interview 
and I don't know why that is. I don't know if your owl attack's got anything to do with it. <laughs> I, I, if so, I can only apologise. But it, I, the bloody, it's mentioned very briefly in the show, it, and I thought he was mentioning it as a joke. He, right near the end, he goes, "What did, did she fall down the stairs? I, I can't say for sure. Was she murdered? I can't say for sure. Was it a raptor that attacked her? I, I just don't know. And, and that's the only mention wow. of it in the series. You, two more episodes coming out, Chris. You got two. When are, what's happening with those of your um, series, Beyond Reasonable Doubt, the podcast? When are those coming out? Uh, they're going to come out on July 16th. That's the plan. That's what we're doing. Brilliant. We're speaking to people at the moment, one of whom, someone who we were trying to get for a long time, who we featured briefly but only in written form earlier on in the series, is Michael Peterson's sister, Anne, who oh. is absolutely terrified of Michael, believes that he murdered not just one but two women. That's something we haven't got into. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we we had a long conversation with her to see if she would come on the record and talk to us. She finally has oh, wow. uh, with her views about him, so you're going to hear that. Uh, you're going to hear some of Jean-Yves de Lestrade's views on our podcast as well. He's going to be on the podcast. So that's, that's the French, that's the, the director of The Staircase. Yeah. Wow, yeah, who, very meta. who has, has, it's very, and it gets even more meta, let me tell you, because <laughs> he always rejected an interview with us. Yeah. And then the strangest thing happened that we found out one day, and this is, <laughs> it just adds to the whole thing again. He ended up agreeing to do an interview with another Five Live program, uh, which is called The Heat Map, and it's presented by the BBC's arts editor, Will Gompertz, you know, Will yeah. Gompertz with the hair and the glasses and yes. all of that. Oh, yes. And he he very kindly did an interview with Jean-Yves de Lestrade, told him that, you know, it would go elsewhere in the BBC and that was fine, but he probably didn't necessarily think that it might be our podcast oh, as well. So, um, beautiful. yeah. That's quite <laughs> yeah. naughty for the BBC. I like that. Well, it's, 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 it's honest. No, it's know, honest, of I, course. We didn't, we didn't pull the wood over his eyes. So, wow. um, so there it is. But Will's a big fan of the podcast and the show as well, which helps. So that was good. So two new episodes and uh, uh, coming out in uh, July. And very quickly, because I, I could talk to you all night. Let's, a couple more minutes. The, the, We've not even mentioned the Blowpoke. Well, the, we'll get to the Blowpoke, <laughs> a great band in the 70s. I've got both their yeah, albums yeah, on vinyl. Yeah. But, but yes, no, we forgot to mention. And for those who don't know the story, here's the thing. Where the, here's the bit for me where I went, oh, he's definitely guilty. A sec- he was he was nearby when a second woman mm-hmm. was found dead about 20 years before at the foot of the stairs with the same lacerations in the head, the same blood spattered every. He was there. So that's that's to, to have one woman fall down the stairs and kill herself in your charge is bad luck. To have two, I mean, that's got to be some sort of suspicion. Also, and this is something no one's really mentioned. <laughs> They all look the same. Yeah, they do. And if yeah, you look well, at, that, look at that S- Sophie Burnett, whatever her name is, she looks like them too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were, they were saying, because the, the woman you're talking about, this is in Germany, it was Michael Peterson's friend, Elizabeth Ratliff, found dead or washed with blood at the bottom of a staircase in Germany 16 years earlier. Originally ruled an accident, but during the Peterson trial, you'll remember her body was exhumed and her death determined to have been caused by blunt force trauma. And as you said, Michael Peterson the last person to see each woman alive. And in fact, I was listening back to the interview with the DA that we did during our podcast earlier on today. And just like I do, that makes it sound like I'm just thinking, <laughs> oh, I listen to another episode of the podcast. just now." <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, he said, yeah, Elizabeth Ratliff looks like Kathleen Peterson. 
and actually he went on to say and both of them looks like look like michael peterson's mother oh god wowzers oh. um chris it's such a it's such a thrill to have your man and thank you so much for coming on where, where, hey, it's been great where are the best places to get beyond reasonable doubt your your podcast you can either go through the five live website which is easy enough or you can download we're meant to say from any of your other favorite podcast uh, providers uh but itunes are good aren't they and two new episodes yeah. coming out on the 16th and, and we should let you know by the way this is exciting we have we've got a new um political medical correspondent at talk radio mr Dwayne diva will be working here in, the, oh, uh, in a couple of weeks time so that's <laughs> oh, well, that'll be good <laughs> yeah well he's out of work so that's handy for him as well <laughs> oh chris i could talk to you all night we didn't get to talk yeah. about Beyond Fury, we get, didn't get to talk about Diva, all these wonderful characters. Um, I, I've, I've listened to three of your episodes. I'm going to dive in and enjoy the rest, and uh, best of luck with it, man. Thanks so much for coming hey, on. listen, thank you for having me on. It's been a real pleasure, so I really appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy it if you do get listened to it. But Cheers, thanks Chris. a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. Thank you very much. That's Chris Warburton from BBC Five Live. Little hands at the, our sister station there, BBC Five Live. Uh, his show's great. It's um, uh, Beyond Reasonable Doubt, um, and uh, it, it's great because it really gives a, a, a... I think, from the three I've heard, I've only heard three but i think it gives a much fuller picture in a way that and i know this is unfashionable to say in a way that only the bbc can all right guys in the oh, bbc bias I, I don't buy any of that it, it, it's it's own the, the show is done in a way that only the bbc could do and it's a cracking listen it's put together superbly you know if you've listened to serial and all of that kind of stuff it's it's up there with that in the style of production it's absolutely great and two more episodes coming soon but hopefully with less vocal fry <laughs> we don't need to talk like that but what i mean what a case and 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 while we're getting oh we didn't the... ask him if he thought he was guilty or not he's oh never gonna chris tell you us. got away with that he's never going to tell us that was going to be the humdinger last question i got a few little hints in there <laughs> i think uh well i i'll show you the emails he said uh, but <laughs> i think to- totally 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 murdered those two women now the thing with the blowpoke yes for those who don't know what a blowpoke is right i didn't until today well i didn't so basically it's like a poker for a fire but, but you, you blow, blow down it, it. and uh, i've never heard of it before why would you want to blow in a poker i know you it's, st- it's made of metal and it's going to be hot and if you imagine if you sucked <sighs> anyway so that was that apparently the murder weapon yeah and all the way through it people are trying to find where this blowpoke's gone uh one of the daughters is looking through all the family videos trying to find bits where the blowpoke is featured in the background yeah. of things she's noting them all down and towards the end of the um series a blowpoke emerges. They just find it. But what was oh. it that they found out in the podcast? Oh yeah, that they bought. He bought three blowpokes during the during trial. During the trial. Didn't make forgot. It, it, honestly, I could have spoken to Chris all night, and I hope you enjoyed that, dear listener. If if um if you switched off to avoid the spoilers, you can switch on again now. They won't know. That was the joke. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian and Catherine on Talk Radio. Stimulating nightly emissions guaranteed to open your eyes and your mind. Oh, my word. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Thank you, Chris, from our sister station, BBC Five Live. It was nice to have a professional on. Very rare on Talk Radio, we get a professional on. Very, very rare. And tonight, guys, we had a we had a little whiff of one. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you can watch this this TV series, The Staircase, on Netflix. And um, Chris's uh, show is beyond reasonable doubt, and it's um, uh, it's just it's it's a really good story, really well told. You know, that's all it is. Uh, you can call in about that, your theories, if you want, or you can call in about absolutely anything you want. This is the late night alternative. You know the drill, guys. 
we sit here and talk rubbish and you pick up the phone and give us a call. 0344-499-1000. Good evening, Alan. Hi, Mark. Hello, Alan. Gaddica. It's Alan Gaddica. All the way from Italy. What are you like an ice cream? I'm a Neapolitan. Oh, this is what we'll do. Is it still July the 4th? Yes, Yes, it is. Right. So, here's what we're going to do, Alan. Yeah. Every sucker that calls up this show is going to have to do an American accent to celebrate July the 4th, Independence Day from those British shitbags. Well, get up, your horse, and drink your milk. Okay, I said an American accent. What are you? Do, John Wayne. do an American accent, for God's sakes, you piece of trash. I was trying to do John Wayne. Okay, that's better. I'm going to talk like that. Okay. You're going to go New York. That's better. I'm, I'm going all over the place, baby. I'm going all <laughs> over the place. What are you caught in for tonight, Alan Caddick? Well, we wanted to talk about last night. In an American accent, you son of a gun. Don't forget the rules, Alan Caddick. I'm sorry, I was down the West Coast. I was down the West Coast, and I was watching last night's soccer, and I feel sorry for those poor English people being put for the winger. I can't understand a word he's saying. This guy, you're watching the soccer, and the English people were being put through your ringer? Because it was penalties. Oh, man. Ah, oh, yeah, the penalties. That was some crazy... Hang on a minute. What are, we do- what, are we- what are we talking about football for? We don't care about football on this show. We're a football-free zone. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, of course you... Alan, how long have you been listening to me before? I'm tempted to call the police on you again. Well, I wouldn't mind going for another trial. Yeah, I bet you'd love it, eh? Considering I won the last one. All right, mate, shut your face. Uh, you, you've been listening to me for years, Alan. You know I have literally zero interest uh, dans la football. Well, you will be telling if we win the World Cup. Yes, I, yes he will. I, 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 I can will. guarantee he will. I actually will. What about tennis? Here's... I can't oh. give a stuff. Here's the thing, right? One of the papers... Where are the papers? I thought you brought them in. No, of course I didn't bring them I in. I ain't got them. Oh, well, t- well get, them, get them doing news. Don't need them now. Get them doing news. But here's the thing. One of the papers was like, um, everyone in the UK is... Or, or maybe it was online. One of the online things. Everyone in the UK was excited about the... the th- no, they weren't. Trust me, they weren't. Honestly, I could not give a stuff and it really annoys me everybody should get behind our boys no i don't like the sport i've got nothing against them personally i don't like the sport it's it's boring and also i don't like national pride i don't get national pride we're not the english race oh yeah everyone that was the line everyone watch the moment everyone in the uk celebrates england's win um uh, i don't think uh, all of the scots were or all of the welsh or, or all of the northern irish irish and certainly not all of the english even Theresa may was celebrating no she wasn't she's doing the most she was too uh, busy uh, uh, she was too busy um b- b- saying sorry for voting against lbgt rights when she opened Prime Minister's questions today, she congratulated the Who England. Who cares? Of course they have to, because because they have to, because they have to pretend that they appeal to the common people. Alan, uh, football is rubbish, national pride is rubbish. I hate it. Oh, there's a video of one of the Mitchell brothers topless celebrating it. So what? He looks like an egg. This is Talk Radio. A star-crossed soapbox for sailor boys, oh. stable girls, oh, I'm on the end. and stripper grands. It depends who you with, and it depends on the situation. Late Night Speech Radio with a difference. Thank you. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. I don't 
God, I hate all this. I hate national pride. Why, why should I be proud of the bit of rock that I'm, we're, we're, we're not a, a, an English race? We're a human race, aren't we, guys? Like this, this national pride. Oh, you're proud to be British. Well, do you know, 200 people died in the sea the other day, two days ago, trying to get to Europe. You know, 200 people died in the sea, trying to get to Europe, and we're going. Oh yeah, football. We've got some men scored. Okay, I'm, I'm more concerned about the poor souls. I've got more affiliation with the poor souls fleeing from Libya uh, who di- drowned in the sea than I've got for those idiots kicking a footballer. Honestly, I couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. Although without immigration, we'd only have one, two, three, four, five footballers on there the pitch. There we go. There we go. Um, good evening, Donald Trump. Hello. Hello. I'd just like to wish everybody across the world a happy 4th of July. Happy 4th, Aaron. Just happy 4th. Okay. How is your day going, Ian? <laughs> this is the worst Donald Trump I've ever heard! This is the worst radio show I've ever heard. No, no fair play. Touche, sir. Touche. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I'm fine. What are you doing for the 4th of July, um, Donald Trump? I'm currently ringing you. Okay. Anything else? Hmm? I've just my life has been building up to this moment to ring you. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. And what 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 did you have any fireworks? Did you have anything nice to eat? It's like I'm talking to I a had, shy child. I had lots of nice food to eat. I had lots of nice food. It was really nice. Okay, really thank you very much. It's like you know when you get you can put that down there. You know when you get shy children that don't really want to talk and you kind of feel obliged to yeah. talk to them and you just like, oh man. That's what that Donald Trump... Not like him to be so quiet. That's what like, that Donald Trump was like. Dear God. 0344-499-1000 is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. You'd be very welcome to. What? I was about to say what you're doing this weekend, but am I right in thinking it's only Wednesday? <laughs> it's Wednesday. This week's dragging on a bit, isn't it? It's dragging on a bit. Man alive, I am shattered. Um, I'm going to see... I can't go to the school play tomorrow because it's because uh, I do this silly job. But I'm going to see the rehearsal of the school play tomorrow afternoon. Which, which will be better, as which you know. I am very... I'll take this call, Sam. I'll take this call. I'll t- I'm very, very excited about. Hello, Line 2. You're on the wireless. Hey, UFE. UFE. England are shit. <laughs> That was actual Donald Trump. In 15 years of doing phone-in radio, that, dear listener, was the funniest call I have ever taken. Well played. Well played, that person. Oh, beautifully. Beautifully done. Oh, man, I love to catch my breath now. Ah, breathe. Ah, breathe. Oh, have you dropped something? No, was it you? No, it was not me. I can smell it. I've heard reports. Well, don't believe what they say on the internet. The internet is full of lies. Good evening, Darren. Darren, I can't believe you're not supporting the national team. What's wrong with you? Why why would I support them? 
should. Why? Because we're doing well. We're doing really well. Hang on, well. hang on. So you, hang on. Well, there's, you're an idiot then, because you're saying we should support them because we're doing well. What if we were doing badly? What you wouldn't support them? That's a no, bit two-faced no, of you. Hang on, hang on. It's not two-faced. They're young lads. They're young lads. So I should be supporting them because they're young lads. What if they were? What about the women's team? Women, women can't play football. That's obvious. Thanks very much for your call, Darren. And those are the kind of people that have patriotic pride. Idiots. <laughs> Darren calling from 1982 there. Absolute idiots are the people that, if you've got patriotic pride, you're an idiot. If you want, if, come and have a go if you think you can do better than that. But the answer can't be because you should. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. <clears throat> right, let's go to Mo. Good evening, Mo. Hey man, how are you? I'm very, very well. Could you just bear with me one second? Let me hear you say yeah! Yeah. Let me hear you say yeah! Yeah. No, 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 Mo. No, 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 Mo. No, no, there's no chance. No, Mo. No, 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 Mo. No, 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 Mo. No, no, there's no chance. No, Mo. Ain't coming on my show. No, 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 Mo. Ain't coming on my show. You mo, no mo, never gonna come on my show, mo, no mo, ain't coming on my show. Let me hear you say yeah! What a knob. When I'm on the stage, I'll ask for more. I'm on the ass, I know the last. I work real hard, do you like my cash? Tick, tick, ticka, 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 ticky time. When I'm gonna go, you're going for mine. You mo, ain't gonna come on my show, cause you are a big knob head. No, 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 Mo. No, 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 Mo. No, no, there's no chance of you coming on my show. No, 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 Mo. No, 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 Mo. No, there ain't no chance of you coming on my show. I'm a show and you are so rude You have a go, you ain't got the toot I'm gonna kick your ass, dear boy Get your mum and dad on for joy I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do I'm gonna make you look like a blue fool You gotta be on the floor Gonna kick your ass, you'll ask for more No mo, no mo, no mo, no mo No, 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 Mo. No, 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 Mo. No, no, there's no chance of you coming on my show. Because I don't know this song very well. 
sound from my mouth is a rap you hear. No valley too deep, no mountain no high. Reach the top, gonna touch the sky. They tried to diss me because I sell out. I'm making techno when I am proud. Ah. Here we go. Join in with me, Mo. Here we go. On the ones and twos, it's Mo from Watford. No Mo, no, no, no Mo, no, no, no Mo. Now it's your turn, Mo, Mo. No, no, no Mo, no. Harder. No, 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 no Mo. No, 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 no. No, 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 no Mo, no Mo. I'm joking, Mo. What have you got for us tonight? Yeah, I don't know Not a chance, buddy. Let's go to the break. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Say you don't love him. I saw Amanda. Why do you need him? Oh, no, don't answer. Oh, no.
Opening lines in rock. Say you don't love me, my salamander. Come on, Paul. Come on, Paul. So Paul McCartney, ladies and gentlemen. Paul McCartney. Yes, ah, Love it. Thank you. 03444991000. The Late Night Alternative. Weeknights from 10 on Talk Radio. Catherine Boyle is here. Hello. My name is Ian Lee. If you want to call up, you'll speak to Sam. He will take your name and number and we'll call you back. If you're looking for the perch, the question, the hook upon which to hang your answer, there ain't one, I'm afraid. It's a free form. It's jazz. It's uh, a talk show, but in jazz format. We sit here and we riff and sometimes we go off in to marvellous psychedelic directions and sometimes the solos land with a thud on the table and that's fine we just brush them to one side we pick up our instruments and we start again you are welcome to join in at any moment like a a good jazz band Catherine and I can ease back ever so slightly when you sense the gap you pick up the phone and you come and join us 0344 499 1000 that's what Rachel did good evening Rachel Hiya. Hello, Rachel. What have you got for us uh, this evening at six minutes past eleven? I love a bit of jazz. Oh, I love a bit of jazz. <laughs> um, I was phoning for some advice, really. Okay. Um, oh, there are days where I, I love listening to the show. Yes. And um, there are days where yeah. you feel um, you sound really um, like punchy and full of life yes. and ready to take anything on. Yes. And there are days where you sound like you're in a much calmer mood. And oh. Oh. and so I've got a situation yes. where um, I had, um, a, just over a year ago, I had a full breakdown Ooh. and I took seven, seven, eight months off of work. Wow. And um, I went back to work. Um, I've been doing really well at work, but... I've got a problem with um, some of the people at work on, like, the management side of things. I think they're a bit freaked out at the fact that I've now disclosed, like, a mental health Uh issue. (laughs) And um, and, uh, I have sought advice because I'm I'm definitely being treated differently. And, like, I'm... I'm on medication, and I'll probably stay on medication for a long time, but yeah. my, my life is really back together, yeah. and, I, and it's in a really positive place, and, and actually loads of things have changed for the better because of what I've been through, and yeah. I've done a lot of learning from it. But what I wanted to kind of uh, sound out from you guys is, uh, yeah, <laughs> is um, what do you do? What do you do on those days where you just feel like up against a brick wall and there are some days where I feel all right in myself and I just think you know you you can't change people's perceptions and there's still going to be stereotypes and stigma and and things like that and I'll just show them through the work I'm doing that I can do a perfectly good job and then the next thing comes up and you still don't get given the same opportunities as others and I know why I totally know why um but sometimes it really gets you down and there's not very much you can do about it. Well, hang on. So, so I was going to ask, how are they tr- treating you differently? And I think you just answered that question. They're not giving you the same responsibility that they are giving, yeah. in inverted commas, normal people who haven't had a breakdown. Uh, yeah. Is that right? Exactly that, yeah. And there are some things that I did in my job before I went off that they haven't given me back. Um <laughs> so it's a bit naughty, really. And like I said, I have sought advice. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're all the people that are closest to me yeah. are saying, get out of there because you've well. done so well on a like, recovering and sorting things out. And, you know, literally a year ago, I didn't 
I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. So to to go from there to to where I am now and to be achieving again and to be functioning and to be in a much more positive place is great. And then you've got people who are kind of you just it feels like I'm up against them and my friends and my family are saying move find another job you know it's going to be detrimental to your mental health and you don't want to take a step backwards and and there's a part of me like um I was listening to the show and I just thought he's one in the he's in one of those feisty moves yeah when I'm in give me their number Rachel I'll phone them up and I'll tell them exactly what to I'm in that kind of mood oh don't we got in trouble for doing that last night let me ask you some questions and if they're too personal tell me to jog on are you yeah. with even though you seem you appear to have less responsibility are you still getting paid the same uh yeah but part of it is the whole pride no, and okay. what i've worked for yeah, of course. and what i should be having yeah, yeah of course I'm, nothing's changed in terms of my no. salary okay well good well that on a practical level that's great that they are because because I, I thought you might have been working on a thing where it was a commission or something, so the less work you did, the less money you got. But that's good. So practically, you're getting the same money. Do you think that your job had played a significant part in, in your breakdown? Um, yes, yeah, certainly added to to stress and um, misunderstanding. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, before. But yet they still gave you seven or eight months off. That's quite, that's, that's quite progressive. Yeah. Do you not think? Do you? I, I think it is that that you were that you had. I think it's great. And I think it's the right thing, but that seems to me to be quite a progressive step for a company to do. Mm. For in terms of mental health. I know, but then they go. They, then they go and 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 like a, a big event. Less than a month after I'm back at work. Yeah. Um, I have to be escorted to the event. <laughs> no. Well, in case you, you go crazy. Well, obviously, yeah, in case I've got a machete with me. Oh, or no, yeah. no, it's Nutty Rachel. Um, I know. Okay. Have you? All right, here we go. I don't know the structure. It's of it. awful, and I can. I bet it is. It sometimes, and other days, yeah, oh, it'll I, just make me cry for I get hours. It. I get it totally. And I'm glad that you're laughing about it today, but I get it. I totally get that. You know, it must be humiliating and and Thank dehumanizing you, yeah. and all of that. I get it, right? I'm not making light of it. I'm just trying to get a bit of the lay of the land. Have you spoken to your boss? Have you said to your boss what you've said to me? Yes. You've said it. You've yes. come out and said, "Why? You know, I, I want the responsibilities back that I had." Yes. What did he? What did he or she say? Uh, duty of care to me and other members of staff. Oh, what does so the other members of like, staff thing mean then well, in that respect? Obviously, because I'm an ongoing risk. But no, but I was joking about the knives. They don't. They don't. They don't seriously think that you're capable know, of harming others no, do they no 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 and i and i've been there for over 10 years and, so and, they and know i've only killed two people so far so that's that's not bad um, <laughs> that's what i mean it's um yeah. i don't because this is the management uh this is what i'm up against and yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. it's a bit of a wall and that's why people around me are saying go elsewhere and part of me is thinking well you know, if I follow this through and there's someone in authority that will actually turn around, like their line managers, or if I can get it heard by the people that need, you know, part of me feels like on a mission to say, you know, like in all of the Me Too things and all of yeah, yeah. the abuse cases,
is there has to be that first person to put their hand up and say this isn't okay. Is there a, 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 a an HR department there that you could go and go and make an official complaint to? Oh, I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell us what so, what what the result of that was? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's ridiculous. Yeah, go on. Yes. I know I've lodged, I've lodged a formal grievance about wow. the way I've been treated okay. since. And um, and they're, they're just defending it, saying that I'm being treated the same as anyone else when I know, I know mm. I'm not. Because I always, in these situations, I always try and imagine what if the person had um, cancer, right? What if it was a, if it was exactly. a physical... If it was a physical illness um, at, what, what, and they were being treated in this way... Would mm. that be discrimination? And, yeah, if the person yeah. with cancer was able to do the job and was willing to do the job and, you know, was um, in remission from cancer, mm. then, yeah, that's that's that sounds like um, discrimination. Just when you said, Catherine, come in in a second. Sorry, because I know you want to. I'm just trying to get the picture. When you spoke to HR and you spoke to your bosses, did they say, look, Rachel, we're doing this for six months just to keep an eye on you. And if at the end of that six months you're OK, we'll go back to normal. No, right. no, they th- no. Oh, no, no, that's that's out of order then. Catherine, you were saying no. No, I'm, I was going to ask about the HR situation, and I was going to say, oh, have you got anything in writing from them saying state stating their case? Because yeah, I think well, good. Yeah. That, that's going to be useful. I, Keep everything and make sure they don't no whispered conversations in corridors, no little words yeah, with people it's in all the office. Yeah, done properly, isn't it? Because I've had a similar thing, not because of mental health, but because of you know my children, for example, and people. You know, as soon as you come back to work, having had children, they assume things about you. And I've had to say, and I put it in writing. Don't assume I can't do stuff. Don't leave me out of opportunities because you assume it will be difficult. Put it to me yeah. and I'll see what I can do. You know, I've got a good support right. system. Like you, you, you're managing your condition at the moment. And yeah. you will tell them if it's becoming too much. You know, if you've got that agreement between Absolutely. you, then it's got nothing to do with them. They shouldn't be deciding what you are and aren't capable of. That's down to you. Yeah, and um, I, and obviously had to do the whole, you know, being signed on, back on to work with the GP and occupational health and and all that. And and there's no question with that. But um, that what I had when I returned to work, it's funny you should make the analogy with the cancer mm. thing, because um, uh, my line manager actually said. Um, it's like when so if someone were to have an epileptic fit, um, they might not realise during that fit that they hurt someone right. with their actions. Well. But when they return to work, they might want to apologise for hurting that person because they had an epileptic fit. Did you? Serious. I'm trying to work out what their angle is because it, it, it comes from an angle of ignorance, I think. Are, are they in any way saying that when you had your breakdown mm. that you caused some damage at work to people mm. either physically or emotionally did you you know did, yeah. did, did, did you cause trouble at work in trouble in italics well yeah with one colleague yeah okay and is the how is the situation with that colleague now so we've not spoke at all okay you're right yeah yeah it's just um can I, am I allowed it's, to ask what happened? Uh, um, Again, you don't have to tell me anything you don't want to tell me. Of course not. No, it's um, like there's a funny crossover because we were actually friends before we were colleagues. Yeah. And um, and I had 
had my breakdown whilst at work yeah. and right. uh, come like nine o'clock in the evening I mean like a doctor was called and my husband was called and come nine ten o'clock in the evening this colleague who I work with um hadn't even like checked in to see how you were and things like that and that really bothered me and I was really angry at that time right. and um and so I sent a message saying, oh, now you show your true colours, you know, um, okay. you're selfish. And with me out of the picture, you know, you'll be able to, okay. like, so, get the so, line. So, 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 so it was, the, wasn't a very nice text message. Right. So, so, um, so you, you were at your lowest ebb emotionally and you, you, you were having a breakdown and, and someone you consider to be a friend as well as a colleague didn't give you the support that you felt that you would have I liked from them there, yeah, right? me, and so yeah. you sent them when you were ill i'm guessing you sent them a really nasty f you kind of text yeah okay and um mm, and why haven't you spoken since um it's just a bit Awkward. Oh, it's a bit awkward. I bet it is awkward. Of course it is. I bet it is. Um, do you going back to the epileptic analogy, which is slightly ham-fisted, but do you think that that when they were talking to you about that, that it was your friend? Uh, yeah, they were referring uh, yeah, to. Yeah, to- totally. Yeah. And I think because that that person has covered all my work while I've been off. Yeah. They, you know, they look like golden balls and I'm just a pain in the bum. Yeah. And so it's quite easy for them yeah. to blame, um, like, my mental health on the situation. But yeah. the thing is, I've had the time out. I've done what I've needed to do. Um, I've had the help that I've needed. And I know that I'm good at my job. Um, I'm, I'm back and I'm doing that. Do you work um, in this? Yeah. Is it, are you in? Uh, how, clo- how physically? How close are you to this person in the office? Uh, no, no, we've no. It's completely different department. So okay. no, I've not. Do you, it's, just, it's just the reason I phoned is no, because like you had some some mm. I don't know like obviously your challenges have been documented you've talked about them a lot and and yet there are some days when yeah. you're quite open about how you're feeling and then you're still able yeah. to come with great energy and pull yourself out of it and well and, but that uh, sounds like know, you're talking about like two different things it. that sounds like you're talking that, that to, me, to me feels like two different things one of me doing shows with energy when i'm feeling down well sometimes i don't and i can phone in sick from time to time but for me the, the um i mean how difficult would it all right okay um I'm, okay let, all right let's just do this if, if i were your friend that had received that um, message i'd be pissed off right because mm. and i'm not saying this to shame you in any way i'm just saying how i feel and i don't, I don't know the whole picture but i'd be pissed off because i may have my own reasons you know maybe i saw my mum have a breakdown when i was a kid and so stuff like that freaks me out man and i can't have anything to do with it or maybe my kids were sick that night or maybe i'd just been for a cancer i was going for a cancer test the next or or maybe that you know just there was something in my life that meant that for whatever reason i couldn't step up and be a friend in in the way that was would we would normally expect okay and so mm-hmm. then to get um, a message like that would would, would would really upset me and would really grate me. And um, I would find that tough to deal with. And I was just wondering, 
how if it were at all possible for you to get in touch with that person and say look can we go for a coffee and and talk about this i don't know how possible that would be and it would be a really awkward coffee and it would end one of three ways i imagine it would either end with um your friend getting up and telling you to f off i never want to talk to you again you <laughs> nut you nutty old cow and storming out that's one way <laughs> it could end um really awkwardly with kind of nothing being resolved and you kind of you you sort of maybe shake hands and that's it or the third way and and it's possibly the most likely way is that it ends with you both in tears <laughs> uh, you know saying sorry for what you did and th- them saying sorry for what they didn't do and and that's what but and 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 starting again do you, do you see what i mean oh yeah i mean that that would be great but that's the but point I, you've got to take that you get one of those three options and two of those options aren't great <laughs> but at least it means you don't have to avoid each other I, 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 and it, yeah and it means it's out it's out there choose discomfort over resentment is my kind of mantra it is do you think that could be possible rachel I, I think it's worth giving a go. It's been a long time, but um, yeah. like I said, we were friends before we started working together. And I think, it, like in hindsight, probably my expectations of of that friend from that time were too high. Um, and um, but then at the same time, they were fully aware of what what i was going through and the struggles before yeah yeah i I don't know if people i've often thought that people are fully aware of situations that i've been going through and then when i've told them they've gone oh man i didn't have a clue i didn't have a clue what was going on you know quite often this is part of the reason i'm getting divorced is because you know quite often with my wife i would think she knows what's going on in my head but actually unless i sit down and say this 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 and this she doesn't have a clue and that's quite common in human relationship can i also say as someone who's you know a supportive friend or try i've tried my best sometimes you know you, you tell each other you, tr- you trouble so much and she he or she may have i don't know what the situation is i'm just guessing but you seem to handle it right so it seems like the end of the world and then you seem to handle it so they don't know whether to wade in whether to sit back and let it pass like it has before you know sometimes yeah. it can be difficult because they don't want to they don't want to be your mum they don't want to suffocate you or Sometimes it can be very, very worried. Sometimes I get very, very worried. But at the same time, I'm not anyone's keeper. Do you know what I mean? And also, some people are scared of, in the way that people are still a little bit, but not so much, but used to be in the 70s and the 80s, scared of cancer. People didn't say cancer. They'd say the the C word. People used to be scared of cancer. And they are a little bit. Um, People are scared of of mental health and of breakdowns and of, you know, breakdowns. God, they had a I know, breakdown. I know, and just experiencing that yeah. for the first time ever, like uh, I, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite because I've never been touched in in my little bubble of life with um, sort of mental health issues from anybody close to me either. Yeah. So I didn't know about um, sy- symptoms and medication and and therapies and stuff until I've been through it myself. So I think it's very hard to understand um, a lot of the symptoms mm, and, and things unless you've been through it um but i had sat down with this person and i had told them okay. exactly what i was feeling and that i didn't understand it uh, like in the months leading up to actually you know my brain and my body giving up mm. do you miss her do you miss them i don't know do you miss them as a friend um n- no not after this no okay, okay. well in that case 
maybe meeting up with them isn't the right thing to do. I, I suggest it would clear, keep your side of the street clean. Um, I suggest it might be what your boss is referring to. Um, mm. But in answer to your original question, I mean, how easy would it be for you to get a job somewhere else? Um, I, I don't think that's... I don't think that's hard. I don't think that would be the well, problem. Then, then go and look for another. Uh, look, look for another. Because I, 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 I would. Ha- I hate being the one that gets up first, and and pay. I don't want to pay the way. I don't want to clear the path for others behind me. I want to follow the path, the well-worn path that people have trod before. So there's all you know. This <laughs> hashtag Me Too stuff. I couldn't do it. I don't know, but there's a really strong intrinsic part of me that really wants to let them know that they can't behave in that way like literally yeah. um having to escort me to an event and um <laughs> and then like not giving me some of my responsibility back mm-hmm. because i'll be um i'll be lone working and like well he's declared fit to return well, here's to the work. thing right here's <laughs> the thing you, you you you're a good you're a good human being right above everything else you are a good human being the fact that you are asking these questions tells me you are a good person okay so so keep that in mind um it can never hurt to look for a new job, you know. If you get, get, keep your eyes out for a new job, um, or you stay and you fight the fight, and you 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 show them that you're you're fit and you're well, and they're discriminating against you. In that case, I do suggest that making amends with your former friend goes a long way to showing that you are not nuts, that you are you're well, that you are mature that you are responsible and able to clear up any mess, whether that mess is yours or not, and maybe it's partly yours at least, that you can clear up any mess, that you are a reliable colleague, that you can see that that maybe you have, have spoken inappropriately to people in the past, and you can sort that out. Now, whether that clears the problem with your boss or not, I don't know, but I suspect that that would... would would help that situation yeah i think it would take a lot of the wind out of their sails because they can't say that you're being unreasonable and then you can go and Uh, kick a fuss up if they're still being dicks about responsibility also if you do get a new job then wonderful opportunity to tell them exactly why you'll be leaving and don't be polite about it yeah go and do a a, a whittle on the boss's desk (laughs) or dump do a dump in his drawer gosh Rachel, would okay, you would fine. you keep in? I, honestly, I really appreciate your honesty. I don't know if anything we've said has been any use, but would you give us a call again and let us know how things are going? I'd love to. All right, nice yeah, one. I wish you the best you. of luck. You're a good person. Thanks so much for your time and, and advice. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you, Rachel. Take care. Ta-ta. Oh, most of all, you've just got to be kind to yourself. In it though, in it. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Alan, stay there. Come to you after this. Closing time conversation for tax inspectors, taxi drivers, and taxidermists. Great big talk for the wee small hours. You've been trolling me big time, mate. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Don't forget, dear listener, you can come and see us in Manchester on July the 28th. I don't know. These the, the tickets are sluggish. Let's be honest. Tickets for Manchester and Scotland are sluggish. And I'm thinking maybe that we do knock it on the head for a bit, that this is the end of us going out and doing shows for a bit. So we get lots of lovely people say, hey, well, why don't you come to um, uh, to, to various places? And lots of people saying, why don't you come to Scotland? OK, well, we've done, we booked two shows in Scotland and, and we, we, we ain't sold no tickets. We sold 30 tickets for each show. In uh, Edinburgh, the 1st of September, and Glasgow, the 2nd of September. Both venues hold about 200 people. We've sold 30 tickets. And the other thing is that whenever we say we're going, for example, um, when we're coming to Manchester, we'll get a load of um, t- tweets immediately after saying, why don't you come to Liverpool? Why don't you come to Leeds? 
it's near enough. Can't, we can't afford to do everywhere. We can't. So I'm kind of thinking that we'll do... The, the full list of shows are up on um, ianlee.com slash events. And, and listen, I know money's tight. I'm not, it's not, I'm not having a go at you. I know money's tight, and the last thing you want to spend is 12 quid seeing these idiots dicking about on stage with no no script or anything so i get it it's not, i'm not i'm not i'm not doing um who was that old man spend love i'm not doing a spend love why were we offered him as a guest i don't know week? i think of someone who doesn't listen wow i'm not doing a spend love i'm just saying that you know because it costs us money if we sell out this 65 seater venue in manchester after petrol and hotel we get about 50 quid each right that's if we sell out and we've got 18 tickets left so we're gonna lo- we'll lose money, and that will we'll break even, which is fine. But I, you know, and I like Manchester. I'm looking forward to coming up there. We're gonna hopefully do the show from a listener's house. We need to sort that out. But that's um, just why we don't go everywhere. But that, but that's it. And so I think once we've done these and Edinburgh and there's Brighton, which will hopefully will sell out because that's sold out before, um, and Bath, um, maybe we leave it for a little while, and we have a rethink. If you want tickets for Manchester, it's on July the 28th ticketsource.co.uk slash ian dash lee i-a-i-n dash l-w ticketsource.co.uk slash ian dash lee uh, and tickets and all the dates and everything are on um, ianlee.com slash events let's go to alan good evening alan hello hello alan what have you got for us well firstly i'd like to say when are you coming to belfast we've been to belfast Exactly. <laughs> when, when were we in Belfast? Like November, wasn't it? We've been to we Belfast. Been to I took my girlfriend to see Richard Herring. Well, you should have took her to see us. We were there. Yeah, I didn't know you were there. Where were we in Black Box? The, the Black Box, wasn't yeah. it? In Belfast. No, uh, well, we went to Mandela Hall. Well, That's why you didn't see us. We weren't there, you muppet. Was Richard Herring. You're an idiot. We were in the Black Box <laughs> and, we, and we sang songs and everything. It was Actually, a great that was quite night. a big one, wasn't it? It was a big one. We would have been there. If we had known we, you were there, we, we would have been there. Well, we mentioned it on the show a lot. Well, and I've listened to your show a lot, and I've never heard you mention Belfast once. You we mentioned we, Well, go and download... And Glasgow, you never mentioned Belfast once. I'm going to punch you in the nose in a minute. Do you listen <laughs> Do you listen to our other show that we do? What other show? There we go. There we you go. The other show? The, we, yeah, we do a podcast. Have you heard that? No, I just listened to that show. Okay. We do a podcast called The Rabbit Hole. If you go, go and go and find it and go back a few episodes, you'll hear some shows we recorded well, it's not in much Belfast. Good now. You've already been. Well, 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 you can soak up the atmosphere. Have a few more drinks <laughs> and pretend you're there. Well, <laughs> you missed us, man. Okay. We were talking about coming back, but I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, mo- it's money in it, and money's tight for everyone. So, well, um, you okay. know, putting ourselves on the line. I'm, I'm only a poor postman. Oh, so oh, well, then you're loaded then, because you just open everyone's birthday cards and get their <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the first thing I phoned about was kudos, dear last caller, Rachel, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, because I've suffered a bit of mental health myself. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were her boss and she was fired. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. You're the funniest man I've ever spoken to. I am. I am. And I'm guessing you didn't get to speak to Richard Herring that night, otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) I never never spoke to him afterwards. I'm compared to the size of her hands, because I have small hands, too. Oh. So so, so what's going on for you, then, uh, Alan? Well... You were talking earlier about not supporting England, and obviously you can tell I'm from Northern Ireland. Yeah, because you've mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a girlfriend. The other, or, well, last night was it? We're both supporting England. Right. 
But well, why? Why can you not support your your home? Well, why should I? Why why not support? I don't say you should. I, I'm just asking. Why you know, I might as well support Croatia or Sweden or or, oh. or or Brazil. I might as well support them. I've got. I mean, why should I support England? I don't get it. I don't get national Where pride. From? Where are you from? Um, I'm from the planet Earth. <laughs> You just support anyone that's... Well, that's no, first of all, I don't like football. I think it's a tedious sport. But I don't get supporting someone just because they come, they come from the same bit of rock as you. <laughs> it's it's fluke. It's pure luck that we are, know, we are I've, British. I've, I've and you're British, fun. Sunshine. You're British. So, you know, it's pure luck that we're British and that I'm born in England. So, so what? Pure luck where you're born, yes. I totally get that. Yeah. But... It's it's good to the back someone and have a bit of interest why? in a big event that's going on. Why? No, why? No, tell me why it's good to back someone in a big event. Because, because well, for a start, you can put a bet on. Oh, for God's sakes, man! <laughs> uh, this is this. Now we're getting to the the nub of this. You're just a gambling addict, <laughs> aren't you? Well, huh? Probably yes. Well, well. I'm, I'm a girlfriend, Julianne. She's She's a bigger gambling addict than I am. Yeah, well, she sounds like a great woman. What did you say her name was? Jolly Anne? Jolly Anne. Jolly Anne? Jolly Anne, yeah. Jolly Anne? Jolly Anne. Jolly Anne? No, Julie. Oh, Julie Anne. Yes. I prefer Jolly Anne. (laughs) Jolly Anne. That's a a bleach, isn't it? Yeah, Jolly Anne, I like that. (laughs) She sounds like a nice lady. Oh, it's just lovely. It's just beautiful. Well, oh, so you're just beautiful. Not, Not intelligent, funny... Well, well read. No, not really. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The old romance is coming out. She told me last night. Texted her and told her I was going to be speaking to you. Mm. Well, then you're dead meat, mate. <laughs> oh, no, no. She gets me. Don't hey, I tell you what. Instead of us coming to Belfast, why don't you come to Manchester? Okay, then. When are you going to Manchester? We, on July the 28th. <laughs> No, it's too... I, I can't get that off. I told you I'm a postman. It's hard to get time off. Just put yourself in a box and get yourself sent. <laughs> That's all you got to do. You get a discount, surely. <laughs> if only. If, if only. only the boss would give me time off. If I've only. ever already had the summer leave. My summer leave was the start of May. Well, you're an idiot. You're a sucker. You've, <laughs> you've totally spunked up your summer holiday. You should have kept that for a while. <laughs> kept your powder dry. That's just the life of a postman. You... You, you get three months in May, or three months. What? <laughs> you get three weeks in May, or you get three weeks in July, and that's it. You have to take the three weeks together? Yeah, well, that's what? all I had left. He says to right, me, so... it's, your, it's your turn to save your leave. I says, what's left? He says... Right, so here's thing. the thing. So how much annual leave do you get in total? Six weeks. Right, right. So shut up, man. You've just painted a picture that oh, all we get is three months, three weeks off a year, and it's either it's either May or July. It's not. You get six weeks, and you just booked the rest of your time off too late. You left it too late, so it had all gone. No, no but some of it's in winter. 
Thanks for calling, Alan. <laughs> bye bye. I mean, the unbelievable. Cheek. The cheek of the man, blaming us for his poor planning. All you get is three weeks off in either May or July. Oh, apart from the other three weeks, making six weeks, and you get it, get it off any time you wanted if you booked it early enough. You absolute pudding. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand Talk Radio. Whispering lunar incantations for cross parents, um, cross dressers. Yeah, did you know this about me? And cross rail workers. Steel and polycarbonate. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got, I've got a very poor internet connection. On Talk Radio. I'm going through a McCartney phase and I'm fascinated by him when he got arrested in Japan with a load of grass. load of grass. And he spent nine days in jail. And uh, he spent the first night, he didn't have a bed, they had a mat. And he spent the first night sat bolt right up against the, the, the wall of the cell because he was scared he was going to get raped. It's a true, true story. And um, he would respond, to the, the all the other prisoners knew he was there and they would shout out, yesterday, yesterday. And so he'd sing yesterday for them. And then a bit later on, he got would get let out into the yard to smoke fags and he would play a game with them called Who Can Touch the Wall the Highest, which apparently the Beatles used to play in Germany when they were bored. You stand against the wall and you jump up and you see you can touch the wall the highest. And I find this whole period of Paul McCartney fascinating, right? Absolutely fascinating. So I've, I'm, I've got an idea for something in my head. So during the break, I just typed in Paul McCartney, Japan drugs, right? I'm going to show you that. Look at that picture that came up. It's Paul and Linda doing the eyes. It's Paul and Linda doing the eyes. But I find that whole period, that, that whole two weeks just incredible you know the, every, the whole band were warned he was still with wings and the whole band were warned it's japan right they are really strict about drugs you have to clear out your suitcases you've got to clean underneath your fingernails check your everything you've, you've got to be so clean because they will check everything and everyone came through and no one got checked apart from paul and linda no one got checked apart from paul and linda the bloke, and Paul describes it brilliantly. He said, uh, you know, the guard opened, the, opened my bag, lifted up a pair of shoes and pulled out a massive bag of weed. And he looked more embarrassed than I did. And um, nine days in prison. And then there was like a big diplomatic for Huawei. He could have got seven years. Could have got seven years. And um, he, he kind of got sent home and was banned from Japan for 1980s. About 18, 20 years, I think, wow. he got banned from it incredible 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 time anyway oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand good evening david hello um after my last night's conversation i'm probably in trouble with the mccartney um things um mccartney but things. also i knew his drummer who i won't name uh who was the ringo star no 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 not the beatles when joe, he was in trouble joe english Really? Was that his name? I don't remember. Oh, hang on, hang on a minute. I'm guessing. Hang on a minute. I'm guessing his. No wings. We're talking. We're talking when yeah. he, when he got into trouble. He's had five drummers in Wings. No, the original one, first one. De- well, hang on, but the original drummer wasn't there when he got arrested for pot. Oh, really? Oh, well, that exonerates. Da- Danny Sywell. No, I don't think that was. It. I, I, I'm, I, you know, know, it's so long ago. Do you know who? Or, so you don't. You do, so you. So you're phoning in to say you don't know the drummer from Wings. Hey, me neither. Me no, neither. I did. I did. I was okay. a kid. Okay. I was young. I was young. I we was were all young. doing it then. We were all doing it then. Anyway, David, what no, do you have for us this um, evening? 
Um, well, the, 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 that was the bad news, that, oh. that I might be in trouble. The good news is yeah. uh, I'm a Windrush child, and I've just been given a British passport today. Um, are you really? Yeah. And have you really? Yes, honestly. And how does that... Um, gosh, that's a surprising bit of news. How does that make you feel as a person? Um, after a decade of trying to get a British passport, yeah. uh, because of the Windrush thing, I am over the moon. So, hang on, you came over as part as of... As a child. As a child. How old in, were you, man? Uh, four years, uh, five years old in 1965. Wow, and do you remember coming over? Yes, I do. I remember the boat trip. Can I, I pick your brains you. a bit? Because I've not spoken to anyone who, who actually came over. I've heard... I've, what, was, what, what was it like the day before you left? How was it sold um, to you? Well, well, to be honest, uh, I, I'm saying I'm Windrush, but but I came from Australia, but I still count as a Commonwealth. Well, okay, yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, but how? So, yeah. but so, what was what was the selling point then? Why, how, why? How was it sold to you? What were you expecting when you came over? Land of milk and honey. Well, absolutely, because my parents were invited over here, yeah. and we got on a boat called the SS Orchides, and we went to Hong Kong, Singapore, Cairo, and I remember every day, everybody saying, or me saying, oh, am I in England? They said, no, you're no, not there no. yet. And it was six weeks. Flipping and remember, it, this man. was summer in the Southern Hemisphere. Eesh. So when we arrived here in 1965 in November, it was very grey and very wet. Yes. And I remember looking over the uh, gunnels of the boat and saying, is this is where we're going to live? And that must went, have been yeah. a huge disappointment to you. It was, and still is. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, so, um, so so why ten years ago then did you... So you've not had a British passport, though, you had an Australian passport? I, 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 well, I you just didn't have a passport? No, 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 I've still got an Australian one, but right. I've never had the right paperwork. And actually, I want to thank the government for destroying all these paper oh. bits and pieces, oh. because I've been giving it all handed on a plate for free. Are you, how do we know you're not a sleeper cell from the Australian Liberation Army? Allah. Well, no, I'm not. Oh, you would say that, though, wouldn't you, you flaming galah? Um, oh, that's exciting, man. Oh, so, so after ten years of trying, how, how long have you been actively trying this time, then? Uh, since the 17th of May, since I got in touch with my MP and oh. she sorted it. Hey, well, that's, that's brilliant. Well, congratulations. So, with all that's happened and people getting cross about it and, and you know, great swathes of the British public saying it was this absolute scandal, they've bent over backwards and there's been something of an amnesty for you lot then? Uh, beyond an amnesty and also... They reckon they're going to give me some money. Oh! For the inconvenience. First of all, I'd like to apologise for the casual racism of my producer Catherine calling you that lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, oh, you might be you might be quids in. This is great news. It's the least we can do. We should let you go and stay in Buckingham Palace for a month. Well, I jokingly said today, uh, when I got the bits and pieces and paperwork and blah, 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 I said, I'd really like Liz to, to hand me the yeah. passport. She <laughs> should do, on bended knee. Well, yeah, but, 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 you know, it probably wasn't her fault. Well, no, but, um, oh man, what a world we live in. Well, uh, congratulations, I'm very pleased for you, David. You where are no you going to go first? Where Where are you going to go? Which Which country are you going to go to first with your new British passport? You could be a Brit abroad. 
uh, I'm going to go everywhere. Wowzers. And I am going to spend my compensation money abroad. Abroad. I'm going to do a world tour. Good for you. Nice one, David. That's brilliant news, man. Thanks for sharing that with us. Pleasure. Cheers, Mrs. Tata. That's good, isn't it? Hello, Martin. Hello? Hello. Oh, Martin! Martin sweetheart! Sweetheart! How are you doing, sweetheart? Hello, darling. How are you? How are you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks. The, uh, the breakdown's coming round. I'm getting a bit happy now, you know. Oh, did... I've had a nervous breakdowns, but I'm getting got... a little bit happy. Look, I phoned you tonight talking about consciousness. You ph- phoned us from the shower, it sounds like. Are you naked? No, I'm drunk, lad. I'm hey, drunk. that'll sort out your breakdown. Yeah, I'm drunk. Now, about consciousness, yes, right? Yes, sir. You know, um, I believe believe that we all have a soul, but the soul is, imagine your eyesight, when you look at something, yes. your heart pulses, and as it pulses, it, it pulses consciousness, takes it into your eyesight and onto a hard drive of understanding. Okay. Now the thing is though, darling, cause when you blink, when you close your eyes, you see a red dot because of your blood. If you put a torch to your eyes, you see a red through your, through the, through the eyelash, through your eyelashes, through your yes. eyelids. Yes. And as you see red, imagine processing a film, you've got to put it in a red, in a room with red light. So the blood in your eyes, eyelashes becomes the processing factor of red to process what you see and download it down to consciousness. Do you follow me? Yes, master. Now, sweetheart, right? Is the lady there with you? Because I'd like to ask her. The Go lady on. is present. Okay, what's your name, sweetheart? My name's Catherine. Catherine, darling. Are you married? Yes. Tell me, do you dance for your husband when you want a dress? If you want something that he wants, do you dance for your husband to um to get him to get what you want? No, I tend to just get him round? I just tend to mither him till he relents. <laughs> That's nice, because I've never had a partner, but I'd like a partner who would um who would be able to bend me round the finger, because <laughs> I wouldn't like to be um. I wouldn't like to be a husband who would deny a partner, but I wouldn't want to spoil her, so... No, you're right. And what what do you think a woman wants in a husband, sweetheart? Well, I think you're right. We don't want a pushover. We want a little bit of a challenge, but mostly we just want a best mate, don't we? Yeah, friends are important, you know. Because a lot of these young'uns, they get they get a partner, and they live in a flat. They get married. Well, they they live they live in a flat. They give up the flat to go live with a partner, and then they have arguments. And they have to go back to the flat again. Well, to another premises. Whereas, if you keep your flat, then you won't um, have to um, have somewhere to live after you split. Do you follow yeah, me? I know. Because a lot of these youngsters, they don't know what they want really, do they? No. Um, do do any of us? I'm forty. I still don't know what. I you're 40, I'm 50, and, um, you know, as I say, I'm drunk, but the thing is with that, I, I'd rather wait because, um, you know, there's, um, life is, life, life is, um, you know, you see, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit hard, and, um, and I think a lot of these, because your brother, he gets a girlfriend, and they're acting like rabbits, and then they end up splitting up, I mean, what's that all about? Well, at least they're having fun before they split up. Yeah, well, you can't call it fun, can you? When you got to build a house, you build your flat up again. We have you really? Yeah. Or can you call it fun? What, it, what is fun? To live, to 
to live with, to lose our love, to, to have a relationship and then having to split up or do you think it's better to go single and try to get the best partner that you could possibly get? It's better, it's, rather it's better to have loved and lost than to spend your life just knocking one out. Oh that's dear. what they say. Yes, exactly the what they say. Is, you see, the thing is, I'm scared of... Um, I'm scared of having a, uh, I'm scared of having a broken heart, you see. Go on and experience the joy of holding hands and falling in love. Don't worry about the broken heart. That, that, that is almost inevitable. Mm. That will come. The only way that won't come is yeah. if you die first. But if they die first or you split up, you'll have a broken heart. It's inevitable. Go and experience the joys. Yeah, but James Will has just lost his wife and his sweetheart. Yeah, but, but, but they had an amazing, amazing, amazing life together, which I'm sure, I don't often speak for people, but I'm sure he wouldn't change for the world. Ah, uh, yeah, but is it worth it? Yes. Totally. Worth it? Yes. yes. Do you think it's better to have... You see, um, you know, Ian, right, I'd like to say to you, we've, you asked once James Will, you said to him once... Do you still masturbate? And Jim says he doesn't do it no more. Did, you did know, I ask him that? Abstaining, abstaining from that helps your mental illness. It helps your mental, no. your mental outlook on life. But it's bad know? for your prostate if you don't masturbate. And that's true. You need it to clear out the it. tubes. What did you say? It helps it. It's good for your prostate to clear out your tubes by uh, via onanism. Masturbation. Ah, but... Brent, but, um, but you see, the thing is, if you're masturbating, then the electricity... I'm not now, in case you're no. wondering. I'm not now. I know. But if you do it right, the, the, the electricity flow into your prostate will cook it. No, it'll I don't like think... A, it'll be I, like an electric shock flowing through I your I don't prostate. think your prostate gets cooked but via masturbation. I don't think so. Mind you, I don't have a medical degree anymore. Yeah, but it's bound... You know, if you imagine your brain, right, getting um, a shock of electricity, yes. it's going to it's gonna end up frying it, so it's not... Your prostate you isn't your prostate, prostate isn't in your brain. I know, but it's the same principle. If you get an electric shock right in your brain, then it's going to end up frying it. And if you're masturbating, that electricity is going to end up cooking your prostate, isn't it? Imagine if you died because mm. of your cooked prostate mm. while you were masturbating, and that's how the medical team or your mum found yeah. you. Yes, but in, internally, it can't be good for your prostate if you've got electricity flows flowing into it. Is there not that a way? But that's what your prostate's for, Martin, sweetheart. Yes, but not every every night or every week. Ah, uh, uh, that's where I'm going wrong. 15, I haven't done it for 15 years. Wow, that's a, that's a big... That can't be good for you. Your tubes are completely backed up with naughty juice. Yeah, but that's what wet dreams are for, because I keep having wet dreams every now and again. And on on that bombshell, we say thanks very much for calling, Martin. Wowzers. I mean... Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
344 is the telephone number. The Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10, uh, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio. Then Paul Ross comes in at 1 o'clock. Um, you can give us a call about anything um, you want. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. Let me find the um, thing. I've tried to get him on the show, but he's 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 ignored my requests. So it's not going to happen. Let me just... Um, Indulge me, indulge me for two minutes while I try and find something I saw earlier on that I thought was really interesting. Um, oh, I'm not going to be able to find it now, am I? There it is. Um, ever heard of Ahmed Best? No. He's an actor. Mm. Nearly killed himself 20 years ago. Right. right. And he's posted a picture of the place where he nearly killed himself. There he is. That's him with his son. And um, the tweet is... Um, 20 years next year, I faced a media backlash that still affects my career today. This was the place I almost ended my life. It's still hard to talk about. I survived, and now this little guy is my gift for survival. Ever heard of him? No, I don't think I have. Jar Jar Binks. Wow. Isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's Jar Jar Binks. And, um, and, and Jar Jar Binks, of course, is, is the most hated character in Star Wars uh, history. It was in one of the, the three prequels. Um, and, um, and I've never really bought into that because I only saw the three prequels a couple of years ago and I thought they were all right. I thought the first one was a bit, bit long and a bit dull, but actually I thought the second and the third ones were all right. And, um, and I thought Jar Jar Binks was fine. I, I, I could see why he irritated people, but I, was, I thought he was fine. But, um, there was a huge, why is this character in here? George Lucas has ruined everything. Blah, blah, blah. I'd never really thought of it. Then I just saw this tweet today, Ahmed Best. 20 years next year, I faced... Now, let me read it again. Now you know who he is. 20 years next year, I faced a media backlash that still affects my career today. A picture of him and his son has got to be about, I don't know, 10, 12. And they're looking out at the uh, port, at, at the sea. This was the place I almost ended my life. It's still hard to talk about. I survived, and now this little guy is my gift for survival. Isn't that incredible? The, um... And this is the thing, this is the thing, and it's all due partly with my relationship with Twitter, is that if you are on the radio or, or you write books or in movies, then you aren't, to a lot of people, you are not a real person. And, you know, if you were to go up to someone working in boots or someone working in an office or a bus driver and continually, every day, you and your mates went up to that person, woman working in boots, went, you are shit at your job. You, you are the worst. Cause this is the worst service I've ever had. And do you know what? It's your fault. And do you know what? You're ugly. You're really ugly. And I hope your children know what a terrible, terrible mother you are. And I hope that you die a painful death. And I, I just hate everything about you. If groups of people went into boots and said that to a woman behind the till, or a woman driving a bus, or a bloke working in an office. People, you, people, people would be rightfully upset. And but because you're an actor, oh, no, ah, you've signed up for that. No, you haven't. Because you're a, this guy's an actor, and it's before Twitter, obviously. But still, you know, I, 20 years ago, yeah, message boards would have been big. Message boards would have been huge. 1998, uh, particularly with the geeks that kind of love Star Trek, uh, Star Wars. Oops. So there would have been loads of online stuff, different from how we have it now, but loads of online stuff. And of course there was in the press. And the fact that I hadn't even seen these films, but I knew that everyone thought Jar Jar Binks was an irritant. Um, and, and you don't 
I never, I never considered the person behind it and the impact that that negativity would have on their life. And it drove the poor bloke to go and stand at the iron ledge and consider killing himself. Isn't that amazing? I've tweeted him and he, he seems to reply to a few tweets. He's not replied to mine and I've asked him to come on the show and who knows he might do. I, I suspect he won't. Um, but I just thought it was, I, I said, you know, God, I'd love to come on and talk about it. I think he's he's going to do a one man show at some point is what he's kind of hinting at. Uh, and that'd be great. And there's loads of nice comments on there afterwards um, from, um, you know, kind of, well, lots of people with blue ticks, so they must be important. From Frank Oz who did Yoda. Frank Oz does Yoda. Um, loads of people like that. And um, I just thought it was, it was, I just, I just felt guilty for not having considered the human being. I uh, was shocked, and I shouldn't re- be really, but I was shocked at how low that person, that human being had been made to feel just because he played a character in a film that, that a lot of people didn't like. There's nothing like fandom, though for um kind of mob mentality hatred yeah 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 because there's a feeling of this is my childhood how dare you defile it with you you coming in i've known about this for years this is part of my you know this is part of my life and you've come and wandered in and ruined it and there's a picture of him and he he still looks like a young bloke i can't quite tell and he's he's wearing um uh he's wearing wookie pyjama trousers and Yoda slippers. So, you know, it looks like he's made peace with his life. What can we tell from a tweet and a picture? Absolutely nothing, of course. I'm kind of guessing here and I'm joining up a lot of dots. Uh, but if you want to tweet him, it's at Ahmed, A-H-M-E-D best. And, um, yeah, I just saw that today and I thought, oh, oh, all right, that's interesting and well done for um, for speaking up about it. Uh, it says, bio is addicted to innovation, obsessed with culture, make art. All right, man. Well, good, good for you. Well done. I hope things work out for you, and hope. Well, yeah, fingers crossed, we'll get him on the show. But no worries if not. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Here's Nigel. Uh, hi, Ian. Hello, Nigel. How, how are you? Um, All right. Very, very well. How's the, how's mum? Uh, well, I've been in to see her for the last well every day for a week over a week now. Yeah. Right? Today she's got a water infection and um, uh, she was delirious and hardly knew me. Don't the, worry, they know, can because my my mum gets those quite often. Like a couple of days no, on she, antibiotics, she, she'll uh, be fine. She couldn't talk to me because no. she was all shaky as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they, they they honestly they start hallucinating all kinds of things. Two days on the antibiotics, she'll really? be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because she thought she dropped something on the floor and yeah. she didn't. Yeah, she's delirious. She's hallucinating. It's some of it's her age, though, isn't it? Because she's 88. No, uh, I, well, the, the hallucinations won't be. if it, She's got a urine but infection. It, well, they, put, they were going to put her on a drip this afternoon. Okay, well, then that's the right is thing that, to do. Is that an antibiotic? It could I, It could be. I, 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 all I can they, do they, is speak. They said she'd be a lot better tomorrow, the, the, well, then the they're, physicians. They're, then they're giving her antibiotics and that will clear the, uh, that uh, infection one, up. Sorry, sorry, one... Yeah, but to see her in to see her in that yes, it was a big shock. It's upsetting. You know, to me. It's very upsetting. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was so upsetting. I know it's upsetting. I, I didn't know who to talk to about it. Well, you can talk to me about it, mate. Oh no, that's why I rung you. Oh well, then there we go. Then, then well, I've never. Th- it's the biggest thing that's happened in my life to see her go through all this. Yeah, it's, honestly. Um, 
I know. I know when my when my dad died, um, he did have like cancer, which we kn- we knew he was going to die. But this seems to be worse watching her suffer. I well, mean, he wasn't in any pain, my dad, yeah. with cancer. Yeah. Okay. But she she's um she's not herself, you no. know, and she's it's awful to watch her. In that Nigel, story. Nigel, listen <laughs> to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> Because uh, my mum gets a water infection about three times a year, right? And she talks rubbish and she thinks that my dad... She, she sees all really? kinds of things. Yeah. It goes so quickly with antibiotics, it doesn't last very oh. long. Well, well she can... won't forget me then. No, she won't forget you, mate. She'll forget you but for a couple of days. She, she didn't welcome me. It's as if she didn't yeah. know I was there. It's because she, she can't see you, that's why, because of this infection. Uh-huh. Seriously, the uh-huh. antibiotics will clear it up in two days, I'm sure of it. And then she's supposed to be going to um, a cottage hospital to, Ooh, to get better. Nice. That you know, nice. Uh, especially which is nearer to me to visit her perfect. as well. Absolutely perfect. Oh, I know, but I'm so lonely because she's always been here for me. Um, do you have you ever called the Samaritans, Nigel? <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, when you, my dad died. Have you yes, called them? Because yes. you know that they're free. It's a free mm. number. Yeah. And. It means um, that you don't ever have to be on your own. It, no, I'm glad you're t- calling got, us, but yeah, you can call them yeah. as well. But I've, I've actually got a girlfriend coming to see me tomorrow. Anyway, I've got a girlfriend that I see quite... She's coming over tomorrow. But well, that's she, great. She might actually stay the night with me, which would cheer me up. Okay, you know? well, that's great that you've got a friend that, coming well, over. Yeah, she, I've known her for several years. Beautiful. And she's, nice, she's very... Well, she's understanding. If she, if she can't uh, stay for whatever reason, don't be too upset, yeah. okay? Try not to be. Oh upset. no, no, she, she, she. I've just been talking to her, and she said that uh, she'll give me a cuddle and, and comfort me. Okay. Which is very nice of her to okay. do. That, that. Okay. She's single, single. And okay. Well. So anyway, human, oh, con- human contact can be so, human contact can be so important at, at times like this. Yes, it is, and that's why I've been talking to her more, really, Good. as well. Good. Um, my song Nigel's time. Could you play that, please, again? Oh, oh. <laughs> But there is another one on there, but you can't fast forward it on on um, uh, YouTube, can you? Um, well, I, was can you go to the next song on well, it? Remind me what I've got to type in because because it, it's on. Well, you. it was the Wurlitzer. It, it was Nigel from Maystone, the Wurlitzer. All right, Nigel. Uh, jukebox. Is the, the other song? Jukebox. Is the other song? Um, the Joker. What the Steve Miller song? No, this is called a Joker that someone out they wrote the same person wrote <laughs> for me about. Right. You know. Okay, I'm well, gonna see where we are. Here we go. Well, that's it. All right. Yeah, that's it. The Joker. Right, never get... been played before. Never been played on right. the radio before. Oh, we've got a world premiere. Don't 
0344-499-1000. Impromptu game of uh, yes or S. Is this yes or S? Bearing in mind, Nigel's still listening. 0344-499-1000. We'll take calls straight to air. Is this the yes word or the S word? Just let me get on that stage. Go, go, go. Because all that I've done, I will be there tomorrow. Line three, yes word or S word? Yes, 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 it's brilliant, Nigel, well done. Hey, let's go to line four, yes word or S word? It's Nigel time, it's Nigel time, this is not a bag of shite. Okay, well, hard, hard to say. Line four, yes oh. word or S word? Oh, I can smack a coin. Hello, Paul, Hello, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 Nigel's music is, is fab, I love it. Thank you, Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney. Line five, yes word or S word? Brilliant, yes. All righty, here we go. 03444991000. Line five, yes word or S word? Nigel actually has a really beautiful voice. Thank you very much indeed. Because all that I've done, I will be... Yes word or S word? It's a yes from me. Thank you very much. Line six, yes word or S word? It's a massive yes word. One of the best songs that you've ever had. Wowzers, line five, yes word or S word? Yes. Thank you very much. And the last call of the night, yes word or S word? Definitely yes word. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Take one more. Line six, yes word or S word? It is the biggest yes. I've ever given. Thank you very much indeed. Nigel, people love it! Oh, thanks ever so much. Thanks ever so much. You're welcome. Nigel, best of luck to you and your mum, man. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Moonlit musings from mums, madams, and meat packers. Oh, never mind. I must have misheard. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio. Oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand. Let's go to Sean. Good evening, Sean. What would you like to say on the radio to about sixty-five thousand people? Sixty-five thousand. Thank you very much, sir. Very, very kind. I just phoned up to give a bit of love to Nigel. Oh, go on then. How would you like to give him that love? I would just like to say that I appreciate his work and I think he's a bit of a genius, unlike yourself and a bit like your female colleague. No, nah, I don't mean that. I don't mean that really. No, nah, uh, you, you too. You too. You too. Have we ever spoken before, Sean? Probably, I don't... No, we're going to speak again. Good evening, Dale. Hello. Oh, hang on a minute. Someone's having a strum. <laughs> Sorry, I was, uh... I was, uh, tuning my guitar. It's a bit hot, so maybe, uh... uh Have you been masturbating it? Oh, God. Sorry? Nothing? I wanted to sing you a song that's about an hour old. Um, as long as it's not an hour long, then I can dig it. About two minutes... Well, it's not... Uh, it's about h- half a minute at the moment because that's all I've written. Let's hear 30 seconds of a brand new song. 
And then I wanted to play your Paul McCartney song, if that's all right. Well, let's let's see how the first 30 Even seconds... Even if the sun should oh, fall down from the sky, my love for you will never die. As long as you are standing near to me, as long as you are standing near to me. And even if a cloud could hide the sun above, I want to pick you up with love. As long as you are standing near to me, look into the moon, I hear your name. My song will always be the same. It just couldn't wait without you. That's as far as I got. It's a song about having sex standing up, is it? Sorry? Is it a song about having sex standing up? Um, upside down. Because I heard the line, I want to pick you up with my love. That's, oh, dear. That's, a, that's standing up. I mean, I'm going to pick you up with my love, Ian, please. Oh, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna pick you up with my love. Even if the moon should fall down okay. from the sky. Oh, he's going to do it so uh, hard. That's the wrong verse anyway. Even if a million ships fall down from the sky. Even if the sun should fall down from the sky. That's not going to happen. No, uh, even if the rain should fall down from the sky. Sorry. Okay. That's definitely going to happen. Um, yeah. Um, okay. And then I, g- and then I was going to play your Blackbird. Oh, I bet you can't. I told you you can. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Don't write songs unless you're a professional songwriter. Is my tip to everybody. Don't don't try. Don't even try. I wish someone had lift me up with their love. Oh, cheeky cow! Chance would be a fine thing, don't you think so, boys? Trying to come up with a catchphrase, and that's the best I've got so far. Yeah. Okay. Was it Flying Ant Day today? Well, something was splattering on my windscreen yeah, a lot. because I got I got something in my eye. Oh, Charles would be a fine thing, wouldn't it, boys? Boys makes it sound like I'm a paedophile. What do you think? Oh, I've got one. Um, Yeah, something went into my eye. Oh, Charles would be a fine thing, wouldn't it, fellas? <laughs> oh. Um... Yeah, my windscreen was like a, a, a plasterer's that, wireless. That catchphrase doesn't work because it involves me being a homosexual in the 1970s. And um, Well, just change the I voice wasn't. a bit. Um, uh, no, the, 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 the metaphor you use there... I know. ...is... Um, yeah. For... Yeah. I, was, I know, I was modifying it. I, got I was a... reclaiming it for the um, flying ants. Mm. Yeah, I've got them in the eye today. Uh, I think I might have got one in my mouth uh-huh. as well. Yeah. Those things happen. But, um, Dale, we lost you. You cut off just at the, just right at the very, very end of Blackbird. I did. Yeah, just at the end. We heard most of it. Just the end we missed. But it was Thank great. You. It was great. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, it was absolutely, we go, we Ian, loved it. Is it Ian? Yes, is that Dale? Hello, caller. Hello, yeah. yeah it was me. absolutely brilliant. How long have you been playing the guitar for? Um, I don't know. I was in a mental house unit for a year. Uh-oh, now I feel bad. Okay. No. No, okay. no. Boy, what did you say? Did um, you say something bad about me? Yeah, I did. I said I was going to come and kill you. <laughs> <laughs> the song was bad. Did you say my song was bad? No, I something? didn't say your song was bad. <laughs> Catherine pressed the cut-off button. So Even if the sun should go down from the sky. Uh, anyway, here goes. Oh, no, he's doing it. This 
time you've got to play it. Yes? He's testing us by saying hello to us. Like the scene in the dead of night. Cosby Stills and Nash. Take these drunken eyes and let the scene all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to rise. Yeah, tempo out the window. This is all over the place, man. And now now a cast, if how cast would maybe sing it. Blackbird singing in Dead of Night. Oh, racism. Yep. No, 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 no. Oh, yes. it's, quite, it's quite a racist song. It's about Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. That's a true story. It's about Diana Ross, a black bird. That's what it's about. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Um, so what was it like in a mental unit? Oh, it was, um, um, I believe in, I met someone uh, who was really influential on me and uh, sort of changed, you know. Good. Uh, For the better, I changed hope. Changed me a little bit. Sorry? For the change for the better, I hope. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yes. What do you, you what do you do in a mental unit? Obviously you do therapy and you talk you talk through things, I would imagine, and you take medication. But what you what do you do for the rest of the time? Well, um I, it's funny, uh, it came at the right point in my life. I mean something always something always happens to me in yeah. basically. Yeah. And uh, um, I think I'm very lucky with that. So, good, good. You know. Luck's a good thing to have on your side. How long have you been out? Yeah. Um, oh, it's, it's a year now or so. Okay. Nicer, man. And you, you're doing okay, yeah? I'm, I'm doing great, Ian. Thank Beautiful. you. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to hear it, Dale. Thank you, man. No worries. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Um, Sarah. Good evening, Sarah. Hello. Hello, Sarah. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. What can we do for you this evening? Well, I just wanted to say thank you for giving out sort of information on the Samaritans to Nigel, who was feeling a bit down. I forgot to I give really... him the number, and because and, 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 he was yeah. a little bit distracted, and I, I forgot yeah. to give him the number, but I will give out the number in a second in case he's listening. Thank you for reminding because, me. Because, you know, the help they do give is invaluable. I used to be a Samaritan myself. Oh, well done. And. Um, and I've also been on the other side where I've suffered with sort of mental health problems and depression. So I know, you know, just having someone to, to listen to you, like you were listening to him tonight, can yeah. be can be a big help. And I think that you probably helped him a lot by just chatting to him and playing the song for him. And I thought it was really nice. I think that, I, hey, listen, I've called the Samaritans myself a couple of times as well. Mm-hmm. And they've just talked me off the, um, the metaphorical ledge, uh, so to speak. Um, sure. Did we help him? I don't know. But I do think that, you know, part of the job of a late night phoning show should be that anyone can phone up whether they're happy sure. sad you know rich or poor or struggling or not and um have a little outlet whether that be musical or miserable or whatever you know it's this no, is exactly. the drop-in center for people i think it's great thank you and thank i do you. think you probably do having listened to the callers that have come on since nigel that you probably are 
um, an outlet for some people who are lonely and perhaps just sitting at home listening. And it's a bit of company for them, listening to you, talking, maybe watching you either on YouTube or Periscope, which is how I came across you. Ah. And um, and um, and then and it's nice that they feel they can ring up and talk to you like an old friend. I hope so, because I'm lonely, Sarah. I don't <laughs> say that lightly. Mm. I'm lonely. And um, yep. uh, it, it, it's, uh, that's a very kind thing of you to say. So thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Hey, nice one. What you do, what yeah. what, are you, what are you doing up so late at night? It's twelve. They just I've don't not long finished work. Oh. Um, I, I run a quiz show, uh, a quiz show, a quiz thing at my local on a on a Wednesday night. Oh. So not long, not long got in. Can and you... it was a big Fourth uh, of July American quiz. Oh, give thing. us give us a question. Yeah. Can you give me a question? We'll do it. I'm brilliant at quizzes. Um. Oh gosh. Okay. Here we go. Here we Let go. me see. Here we go. Find... Me and okay. Kath are on the buzzers. Okay. Me versus Kath. Sarah, and I'm going to destroy Kath. Two seconds while yeah. I get You take your time, don't you worry, because it'll give time to Kath to come up with an excuse for doing badly. <laughs> huh? Right. You keep I'm talking, mate. Weird. Keep talking. Oh, she left, she left the questions in the pub. Here. No, 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 they're here. Hold on. Right, general knowledge one. Here we go. Um, which wind of North America shares its name with a helicopter? Santa Ana. Nope. Chinook. Chinook. Yes. Okay. Right, Catherine, you didn't get that. So I got uh, that. It's one nil to no, me. You'd, no, 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 no. You're not allowed guesses. Uh, you got it wrong. You got it wrong, mate. Quiz. You got it wrong. All right, all right move fine. On. Okay, move on, move on. Okay. Um, what canal joins the Pacific and Atlantic so Oceans? No. No. Panama? Yes. Thank you. You're not allowed to go. Oh, so it's gone from you're not allowed guesses to you're not allowed <laughs> to go. Do you know where the Suez Canal is? It's going to be right up your jacksie. All right. So it's, it, even though I've got, even though for the record, I've got two questions right, Sarah. It's nil right. nil. You would have written those down on your paper first, right? All right, fine. So shut okay. it. She's got a point. She has got a point there. Well, yeah. but, but she, she's got a point. But none she, of us have got any points. But, okay, let's try again. Okay, Thank you, Sarah. I'll give you another one then. Um, a music one. In which year oh. did Michael Jackson release his first breakthrough album, Off the Wall, uh. which sold seven million copies uh, in the United States? I know. Seventy-nine. No, it's seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. Yeah, but yeah. I was going to say we're buzzing in. I buzzed you in. Buzz in the first two times. No, no. Sarah, mm. adjudicator. I would say whoever said it first gets the point. <laughs> that would be me. Right. Well, let's. Okay. Now we know the rules. We'll start again. So it's nil-nil. Here no, we go. No, no. I'm nil. having it. Well, I'm having fair. the other two then. It's not fair, is it, Sarah? No, it's not. Sarah, oh, I th- God, sorry, I have. To- and I'm not just saying it, right, but right, she right. did say the answer first. Okay, Sarah, let's go okay. on. Next next question, please. It's one nil to okay. Catherine. Okay. Which, uh, which U.S. territory became a state in 1907 and was the subject of a 1943 musical? Hawaii. No. Incorrect answer. Right, I've got a bit okay. of time. Go could, you re- could you repeat the question, uh, please? Yes, I can. Which U.S. territory became a state in 1907 and was the subject of a 1943 musical. 1943 musical? 1943 musical. Don't be telling him, Sam. Sam's not, Sam's not telling me. Yes, he is. Sam is not telling me. Sam is not... So 1943... Sarah, even. Sarah? No, Sam's through the glass cheating. Yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, Sam, he's, not, he's not cheating. Um, 1943 musical, that's also a state... 
Oklahoma. Oh! Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Don't give me clues. Oklahoma <laughs> is the correct answer. Give us right. So this is the fi- the deciding the question. Okay. Thank you, sir. Bless you. You've spent all night doing the quiz and now you've got two idiots <laughs> bullying you into one. doing another quiz. One, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay, one more. Um, Chicago borders which of the five great lakes? <gasps> I don't know any of the lakes, mm. districts. No. Um, if I give you an easier question. Well, ha- no, hang on, hang on. They're only easy if you okay. know them. So you should, um, um, I, I, I'm going to go for a guess. Lake yes. Michigan. Correct. Oh, 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 oh! Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Oh, it's bedtime. Daddy's home. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, we don't need an easier question, Sarah, because that one was easy enough for me. Daddy's home. Daddy needs to sit down. Daddy's home. Well Thank you, Sarah. Nice to speak well to you, Sarah. Done, well done. You, you well Any time you've got, you want to try out some quiz questions. You have two willing subjects here. Well, well. Okay. You're a good sport. Yeah, I do them every two weeks, so maybe well, I'll call you in a couple. Come back of on time. again any time. Thank you very much, Sarah. But before we go to the break, Daddy's home. <laughs> Victory. Daddy's home. Daddy's home! Daddy's home! It's bedtime for little baby! Daddy's home! Daddy's home! Daddy's home! It's bedtime for little baby! It's bedtime for little baby! Daddy's home! Daddy's home! Go to the break! It's a late night lip service for lovers, loners, and lounge lizards. Where exactly is your accent from? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've forgotten your name already, excuse me. On Talk Radio. By the way, since when does do I call you daddy? Weirdo. <laughs> it's bedtime, daddy's home. Oh! That was the most disturbing two seconds of my life. Shall we, uh, shall we go to an easy question? Yes, please. I no. never said yes, please. Yeah, I never yeah. said yes, please. <laughs> no, we won't. Let's. We, you're, you, ma- you're making up your own history you've, now. You've given us a question. Let's focus on that question. Take that call, Sam. That's a great call. Oh, Bit out of breath now, aren't you? I'm, I'm absolutely effed. Good evening, Brian. How are you doing? Um, I'm over the over the moon, mate. I destroyed my best mate in a quiz. Oh, I, I've been listening, but then I had to turn it down because I was phoning you. You missed out. You missed out. Technically, it was four-one, but I'm happy with two-one. Four-one, two-one. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But I, I love Casto, so well, I'll, thank I'll, you. Give her, I'll, I'll give her more points than you. Thanks well, very yeah, much, well, Brian. You, you, yeah, the points you hand out are willy nilly. They're irrelevant points. My points were earned because I knew things, so my points are good. Mine's, mine's is good points. Anyway, carry on, Brian. I got love points. You're, you're, you're a nine, Casto ten, so that's fair enough, isn't it? Um, yeah, but in what? In, in in terms of being in... most popular with perverts that phone up radio shows, we're wicked. Catherine can have that. I don't Cat- know. You do quite Cat- well. Catherine can. <laughs> oh, I'm not a pervert, so. Um... Oh, you don't sound like one. No, perverts fancy sheep. Sorry. <laughs> no, just I was just wondering on um, listening to the call because I, I was saying to you, your colleague that um, it couldn't. Um, Sam's not old enough to be a colleague. Yes. Go on. Um, he put me through, but. Um, Listening to the, like, the previous call about mental health and things like that. Yes. Have you have you not um, to be 
quite straight with you, which you might not like. Uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, let's go. Is, Get to the meat have and cheese when you spoke to that lady, you said um, about mental health and places and staying places. And this, have you not had to um, seek advice and stay in a, a place where you needed help? I don't understand your question. Try it again. Maybe I'm being obtuse. Try it again. Well, uh, what I'm saying is, I know from mental health background is. The, the the previous call, you, you know, you were listening to what she said. Yes. But what I'm trying to say is, as you as a person, Ian, you probably can't actually say on on live radio, but have you not had to do the same? He's asking whether you've been sectioned. No, I don't think he is asking whether I've been sectioned, are you? Are you no, not asking? No, no, not, not you're sectioned. not. You're asking. No, 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 I, no. no. Hang on, no, no, hang no. on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, he's not. I, I think he's asking, have I never had to work somewhere where uh, people were dicks? Is no, that... I, I, not sectioned. I was asking, have you not uh, voluntarily, you know, had to go oh. and stay in a place where you needed help? No. With therapy or. No. no. You haven't? No. Never. I don't think so. Why? What do you think? It sounds like you know more about me than I do. Well, I, I just I just know other celebrities that have had to do that, and um, right. I was just wondering when the way you were talking to that lady that that sure, that's never happened, has it? <laughs> it's all been out of out of. I think. Out let of, me think. Let me think. Because um, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised you don't believe me. No, I do believe you. But um, you're, you're asking the same question several times. No, I've never. I've as far as I'm, I can remember, maybe I was under very strong medication. I have never stayed in a treatment centre or a recovery unit or a mental health unit. Oh, well, you know. Okay. Oh. So, 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 so when the other night when you were talking about like the psychotic behaviour and different things, did, yeah. did you just do that on your? Did you go to your local therapist and? No, I was off my face way? on drugs. I was high on drugs. Yeah, I know. But when when you recovered, I mean, yes, yes. Did you not go to like certain doctors and therapists and? and get get um reassigned to a certain place and the different things no no well, may i ask why are you asking what's going on with you um what's going on with me is that um it's quite a difficult question but um yeah i have um Suffered with anxiety yeah. since I was about eleven, and I'm forty now. Right. And um, I obviously, as a young age, you know what, what, what all that was about. And then yeah. you go through, you go to university, and you get drunk and get pissed and take too many drugs, and yeah. <clears throat> probably similar. And, so have um, you have you been somewhere then? Have you been to a residential medical treatment centre? I have, yeah, yeah. Thought so, I, but it costs me um, a lot of money. Yeah, they can be expensive. Well, you're looking at um, what you're looking at seven hundred pound a day. 
Um, seven hundred pounds a day. That's a very expensive one. Yes. Mm. No, no, that, 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 the, the way the um, I'm, I'm not. I've been waiting for three months for NHS to um, have an appointment with the consultant, and prior to that, I had to go to a private hospital. Uh, and the private doctor, he was charging £240 an hour. Yes. And um, probably spent... Right, £700 pounds, 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 yeah, £700 pounds pounds a day is five. It's £5,000 a week. And I know that um, £5,000 a week, I was offered a place in the Priory for about £4,000 a week. Which I didn't mm-hmm. take. I didn't go because I, I didn't. I'd rather spend the money on cocaine. Um, so, so if you were staying, that's true. So, well, actually, it was less. It was about three and a half thousand pounds a week. So, if you were staying somewhere for five thousand pounds a week, that's that's got to be a pretty swanky place to be. Did it work? Um, it. I was there for six weeks, and it did work at the time. And then, how did you manage to uh, afford it? How did I manage to afford it? I spent all my savings. Right. That's a heck of a lot of savings. I know. And, um... £30,000. That's, that's why I had to stop. The, the consultant was excellent, but yep. £240 an hour, once a week, who can afford that? Um, well, you might be able to afford that, but I, I couldn't. Please don't make assumptions about what I can afford. Um, but I, I, uh, 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 these figures sound very, very high to me. Almost, I'm going to say, almost unrealistically high. No, 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 not at all. Not, not unrealistic at all. Yeah, I mean, un- unrealistically I high. I mean, excess- excessively, excessively high. Five grand a week, and a, a, and what was it? A therapist you were seeing at two hundred and forty pounds an hour. Yeah, the therapist was two hundred and forty pounds an hour, and then he he delegated me to go and stay uh, a place. Which place? Um, well, I don't know what I should. I'm, I don't know if I should mention the place. You don't have to if you uh, don't want to. I'm just you're just curious. Because I don't think it's fair on them. Um, but it, 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 it was. What um, did they do in this place? Um, they took me uh, um, for six. My, my family um, realised I needed help, and um, I got dropped off there, and I was there for six weeks. And in that place, it was. You get obviously your meals. Yeah. Now, what did they do day. in that place? Tell, tell me what what they did. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I don't believe you. Um, you don't. I, well, I, I can't believe you don't believe me. I, 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 well, the, I can't the, believe you don't. You can't believe that I don't believe you because it all sounds made up. Because I'll be honest, Brian. This call has start, start off, you know, very very weirdly with you asking some very personal questions and then not believing me when I gave you a very honest answer. Oh, um, and, okay. and, and now no, you're, speaking, you. you're speaking. You're speaking. The figures you're talking about are. Um, I've looked at some really expensive places and they weren't as expensive as you. And I've seen some expensive therapists and they're not as expensive as the figures you're saying. And Well, the, the therapist, uh, Ian, he has clients all over the world. Mate, I've got a therapist, you know, and we can, we can measure our, our therapist dicks. Mine, mine sees I'm not films, making... No, but mine sees, fil- sees film stars and rock stars, but... but, well, but, so, but, but so, so did mine, yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, listen. As long as it worked, as long as it worked for you, man, I don't want to get into an argument no, with you. But no, I, I'm not arguing. I'm just, I, no. I'm just saying that that's how much it was to see him every hour. Okay. And it, exactly what you said. Yeah. 
is is right. And are you feeling okay? That, well, let, let's 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 move on from that. Are you feeling better? Did it work? Um, I left the place maybe six eight months ago, yeah, and, and it was it, it was really good and. Um, I can relate to everything you've said in the past. Good. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad things to, are on. To the degree, total, de- to total okay. Line degree. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad things are on the membrane. That's that's, that's great news. Uh, Dion, stay there. Come to you after this. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Uh, Paul Ross will be on at one. Good evening, Dion. Yeah, good evening to you. Good evening, Dion. Nice to speak to you, buddy. What's happening in Langley? Um, it's quiet. I've got a mate in the other room. Um, dead? And I'm just chilling out there. Is he dead? No, he's not. Not yet. The not night yet. is still young. <laughs> How would you... Right, serious question, because Dion used to be a killer, and he doesn't like me talking about it, and that's fine. Right. Best best way to kill someone um, who's, who's um, like, just staying in your house. Garrot them? Cheese wire? Um, crossbow bolt. <laughs> Bit obvious, isn't it, Dion? Bit messy. Oh, this guy's, this guy, he's a professional. How many people have you killed, Catherine? Well, no one's caught me for He's it. killed, well, that's true. Crossbow bolt, beautiful. But notice he didn't say with a crossbow. Just it's the bolt. <laughs> love it, mate. I love your style. I love the vibe of this guy. He's a player. What have you got for us tonight, Dion? Well, you're on about hospitals and things. That's yes. not what I'm I did a detox. Yeah. Um, when was it? Uh, October, November 2013. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just drinking too much pressure at work and everything. Yeah. So I put myself into a clinic in Thailand. Yeah, I was only in there. It, was, it wasn't a cave in Thailand, was it? Oh, Tylerst. Okay, Tylerst. Imagine there's, uh, those those poor lads stuck in Thailand. No, it's Tylerst. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> By the way, those boys are still in the cave in Thailand, and I know I've been catching up on some it. Some just... story in it, Dion. It's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, well, well, some kids stuck in a. Ca- it, it's a fascinating story. How, we talked about this yesterday. There are four ways of de- de- dealing with it. How would you get those guys out? Well, the two guys that went in, they put a line down, obviously. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they can't. They, they haven't got a clue about scuba diving. No, so. and they've got to swim. There's a great Ill- for those who, do, who don't know it. If you, the Daily Mail, I know it's a it's a piece of shit, right? But yeah. there's a great picture. Um, they've I'll got to swim. They've got to swim 400 yards underwater, and that's yeah. down, down, down through a very, very narrow bit, down more than up 400 yards. And it's full of silt. You can't yeah. see anything. That yeah. is a tough old swim. That is, and they're kids. That is, and they can't swim. That is tough. Um, I don't know. Personally, I think a professional diver, you know, they have a spare breathing thing yeah. hooked onto them. Yeah. Just take one of them a time. And right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's a bit that is there's a bit that is so narrow that when the divers pass through it, the professional divers pass through it, they have to take off their breathing equipment. Oh, for God's sake! So that means that there is a section at some point the kids have to go through it without breathing equipment. 
Jesus. Yeah, yeah Jesus, exactly. And I yeah, and I joked about it yesterday, but I'm really starting to think, come round to the thinking that you leave them in there for four months. I, I, honestly, I've thought about this a lot. That that's the that's the safest option is to leave them in there for four months. If you see the shelf they're on though, and then they've got more monsoons, it could flood to the ceiling. Oh, right? uh, yeah, and the water can go up. The water can still yeah. go up. They're, they're, I think they were, the latest is they're, they're talking about putting a phone line in there so that they can talk to their parents and oh, stuff. Oh, God, the poor kids. But the uh, water can go up, yeah. and that's it. That's the limit of where they can go. Jeez. And it's, to drill through the top, it's 300 metres, so you're looking at a 1,000 foot to drill. Um, here we go. Well, here's the thing. Uh, drilling into the chamber and extracting the group is an option, but a possible location for a weigh-in has yet to be identified, and creating a shaft large enough to remove the boys, estimated to be half a mile underground, would take a long time. Well, what you do, you start that now. You find that spot and you start digging now, so you've got that as an option. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly a backward country. They're quite technically modern. Oh, it's they invented the ladyboy. They they are primo, <laughs> primo. Um, uh, uh, they're yeah, ahead of the curve. That's got me thinking. What was that coach doing down there with 12 boys? Oh, come on, Dion. No. They're on a school trip. They're, that's on, what a, they're on a school trip. Well, I had none of that. I'm sure, I'm, I, honestly, I'm not, and I'm not making light of the story. I'm not making light of the story at no, all. No, no, I, it's, it's fascinating, a, and it's, as a dad, I, it's terrifying. I think it's going to have a good... Good ending. Oh, do you know what? I've got that vibe as well. I've got that vibe as well. Yeah, I really have. Yeah, it's going to be, I reckon, by... Christmas? Just after next weekend. Oh. I really think they'll be out by then. It's going to be... It's going to be... We're all going to be glued to the TV sets when that when that, they come out. I mean, it's that, that reunion's going to be amazing. I mean, I saw... I saw a clip where they talked to some of the parents when they were first found and the the parents were that happy just that they know their children are alive, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was my son. I don't know, have you got your marriage? Have you got children yet? Yes, I have, yes, yes. Yeah, I saw a bit of your profile. Oh. I didn't realise you were a millionaire. Yes, I'm a million. Uh, yes, I'm a millionaire with children. That's pretty good going, isn't it? It's not bad going, is it? Um, Lad off the brick, Will. There we go, Dion. Lad off the brick, Well, thank you, mate. Moving on just so we can go to... Ray, good evening, Ray. Good evening. Good evening, Ray. What have you got for us? A, a, a couple of things. A couple of quick things. First of all, um, could you please summarise what's gone on in the last four minutes? Because I was on hold, so I didn't hear any of it. Uh, we spoke to Dion. Um, he said the best way to kill someone is with a crossbow. I made an inappropriate joke about um, cross-dressers and uh, trans. Beautiful. Thank you very much. And my, my next and final point is um, regarding Catherine. Um, I've been obviously what, listening since the show's inception just is it about two and a half years now is it yeah sure can i ask your opinion i i believe in that time um her potty mouth has got worse and worse and worse hasn't it hasn't it just (laughs) yeah she was such a nice person wasn't she she wasn't she just no now she's ridiculous yes what what would you like to see done to her ray well I, i don't know i think she's beyond help yeah should we fire her (laughs) <laughs> we can't do that because she is a good part of the show. But well, uh, you're, you're, you're up yours, Ray. Apparently, <laughs> Paul Ross has been stood in that doorway for the last two minutes. Well, he's it's a Sam typed up on my screen. I didn't see. I can't it's see. Like, it's like I've wandered into though. I love coming to a, a decompression chamber from outer space. I love just lurking there, waiting to see what's happening. a great. I must say, you always deliver a great show without well, me being patronised. It's been a belter tonight. It's been all right. Isn't it? Talk about emotional range yeah. and what a show. 
thank you, brother. You, you need to go and decompress somewhere. No, no, I know my place. Oh. What you got for us tonight, Paul? Well, uh, loads of stuff on the blocks, but what I'm particularly looking forward to is um, Prince Andrew actually did some work today. He went to Edinburgh. <laughs> Shut up, Possibly man. because there's a golf course up there, but he unveiled a statue to a remarkable man. He died a couple of years ago. Yes. I was meant to interview him four or five years ago. He wasn't oh. well enough. His name is Eric Brown. Yeah. His nickname was Winkle, because he's of that age. Yeah. He flew. He's a remarkable pilot. They've honoured him at Edinburgh Airport. He flew 487 different types of aircraft wow. in his career as a naval test pilot. An absolutely wow. remarkable, unsung hero. In the oh. in the year that the RAF celebrates its centenary, we are celebrating this oh. remarkable man. And it's great to go north of the border for once. Up how, at Edinburgh many, Airport. how many different types? 487. And the thing is, that doesn't include different marks within those aircraft. So he flew like the Hurricane 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Oh, he flew jet planes. He, he started training in the 1930s. He went all the way to a plane, a supersonic plane that could have taken him to outer space Flip in the heck. course of one life. He's a remarkable man. Sadly, he's no longer with us, but we're paying tribute to him on the show. To Beautiful. Like, I can't, crossing all the Thailand for obvious reasons, going to India for the latest on their space race, and all the usual tosh as well. Your ten seconds... <laughs> What would you do with those kids in that cave? I'm erring on leave them in there for four months. Oh, I think you've got to... You, you, I mean, they've got to rescue them. They can give them a crash course in scuba training and do that kind of buddy breathing thing. Yeah. It's, I, I, think. I, I find... It's, I, it's such a... We're crossing life to Thailand for the latest on I look forward to that. Pull us up next. We're back tonight at 10. Till then, from us, ta-ta. Thank you. Bye-bye.